Burger Maple. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 8th of November 2015. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Robert Kemp. Hey. And at some unspecified future point, Zachary Burgess. But he's not here right now. Um, can you do your best Zach impression? <coughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty accurate. That'll <laughs> that's do. That's what I could do. <laughs> it's it's like he's in the room. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do have been ill, so I can do a convincing hacking cough. Well, I have been for a while, so there you go. But hopefully... Yes, not... So it con- continues to be ill. <laughs> how else would you do a Zach impression? You'd have to be asked, because he won't, he won't start talking. You'd have to ask him, like, how you doing, Zach? And then, oh, what what what, what you been up to? Uh, yeah, and then he'd sort of shrug. So, like, you probably... Well, sometimes <laughs> if, the, says... if the microphone wasn't on and the, the requirement for actually using his voice wasn't apparent, he'd probably just go, you know, shrug or be... Shrug. Right. Yeah. Well, no, he'll say nothing. <laughs> nothing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, he's he had a good week? He'd be like, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had a good week? I've had an all right week. I've had a... Busy week. I've had the worst running session I've ever had, and it still oh, hurts yeah. today. <laughs> Tuesday <laughs> night, Sunday now. My legs still don't feel right. Oh, like, man. It's just, I think I've done myself some damage or something to my like calves and stuff. I've never had my calves and shins hurt as much as they did on wow. Tuesday. It was just oh, did you just brutal. go a bit further or or the normal? I don't know what I don't know what was up. I didn't feel right all night, particularly, right. and. uh yeah i'd had a bit of a dodgy stomach the day before Mm -hmm. so i was i was in two minds whether to do it anyway but then oh but then there was a lot of hills (laughs) and hills yeah it seems like i'm all right as long as uh, there are no changes in elevation right running as soon as you introduce yeah as soon as you introduce an incline or even a decline it's yeah i i suffer Badly. Well, it is lucky you live in Suffolk and not freaking Cheshire or something. But... Yeah, yeah, but I go running in Felixstowe, which like has the coast, and so there are hills right next to the seafront. Right, leading up to the front, because you need yeah. a bit of cliffage or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as it were, <laughs> it's, it's part of the uh, mandatory requirements of a seafront. It's like yeah, got to got to check that box. Bit of cliffage. So do you like finish work and then drive to Felixstowe and then run and then drive home? Pretty much, yeah. Right, okay. Hmm. I've heard bad things about the Ipswich Club, you see. It's like Really? Yes. It's, it's like a snooty thing. Like don't yeah, want to be involved bit, with those bit, types. Well a bit clicky and you know, I suck. So it, the, right. they uh they would not be the type to welcome casuals. <laughs> I, oh, I see. Is, is, is well I've heard. Slightly more hardcore. Hmm. Yeah. I'm very switch. much not hardcore. It's I'm depressingly the worst person there, <laughs> like by quite some dis- distance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that won't last. Well, presume as long as you don't hurt yourself. Well, no, shins. but in, th- in theory, everyone gets better. Like if everyone's getting better, then I will forever be the bum. And it's <laughs> well, unless I unless someone know. has I don't know some kind of dramatic. Uh, not like wishing this upon anyone. <laughs> some kind of dramatic injury. <laughs> dramatic <honestly. laughs> Yeah, but you don't get like you get better quicker at at first, I presume, and then it tails off. I imagine. Yeah, well, Unless... yeah. My tail has always been quite early. Like it's, it's the same with anything I try, right? Like I always hit a, hit that wall pretty quickly. Not just physical stuff. It's like you know, 
trying to learn guitar or trying to do things. It's like as soon as it gets tough, it's really tough for me, and I'd like, I don't, you know, I just can't overcome it. Like even though I'm trying this time, it's just. But you're obviously trying, otherwise you wouldn't have been gone this time. So yeah, it's all yeah, good. running, running. Stupid thing. Is Gnome yeah. still running? Oh, do you run together or? No, no. She, she, she. Well, she doesn't get back in time by the time this starts. Oh yeah, of course, so yeah, yeah. Because of the London run. The London run. Ah, no pun. <laughs> no pun. No, the London or, run, no pun. <laughs> There's no pun, it just rhymes. <laughs> it's not even a pun. So do you have any kitchen stories? We usually ask Zach about his kitchen <laughs> stories. I never have any um, because I just use the microwave pretty much. I'm that bad. Oh, um, well, his one's mostly involved no. tea, so no. I've got any... It's not really a kitchen story, but I can uh, recommend the new Pizza Hut stuff crust variety. It's pretty great. Really? What, so what's the latest in the land of, and the land of pizza? Okay, let me take you on a journey. <coughs> a journey. Yeah. Okay. A, a journey of Pizza Hut uh, history. First, there was the stuffed crust. Delicious. Well, I'm not even sure it's the same cheese they put on the pizza, but a form of cheese wrapped in the cr- excess crust. How long has that actually existed? Like, is that been around since the like 80s a, or something? Or is it like... A, something like that. Didn't they have like a promotion or something like saying that 10 or 20 years of the stuffed crust? The stuffed crust, yeah. Wasn't that long, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't as long as that. Fifteen years, fifteen years, something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Since two thousand, yeah, yeah, they're tired. But yeah, since since that's been happening, and then now within the, I think it was about a year ago, they introduced the classic crust, which you know when we talked about it on this cast before, where it's the ironically named classic crust, where it's like, why is it classic? You've just introduced it; it's new, and it's. like they're thinner, but they're, st- they're sort of stuffed crust base. But instead of stuffing the crust, they put a sort of garlicky, um, I don't know, some kind of seasoning on it. You know, sort of a garlic layer on it, and that's that's really nice, sort of salty garlic bread. Um, right. And the new one is they've taken those two concepts and twisted them together to give you garlic bread stuffed crust cheese deliciousness. Oh, so it's literally like a, a twist, like a weave, yeah, or whatever of the stuffed crust the weaved stuffed into the crust, which is with the with the cheese in it, and then the garlicky bread style. Yeah, the garlic sort of sprinkled bread, whatever it is, going around and around. It's pretty great. It's pretty good. See, I just don't understand this crust stuff. Like it, to me, the crust is not like a main event thing in terms of pizza. It's more like the actual pizza that I'm interested in, rather than the crust situation. <laughs> I would have said, like, not that long ago, well, probably about six or seven years ago, I probably would have said the exact same thing. Right. And then, I, you... and then I had the stuffy, and it was just like, oh, my world has changed. And Ooh. actually, you know, in a weird way, I'm sort of like, it used to be like that about other foods as well, right? Like pies yeah. is a good example. It's like I never used to be about, well, you know, it's the pastry I'm not that, that, that the fan of. I like the stuff inside. And it's like, sure. no, my, I've, my interests have shifted outwards. Right. <laughs> You're into the packaging in circular in circular foods. I've moved out. <laughs> it's like it's like the pork pie. Actually, the main event is the pastry, not the pork. It's, it's just that weird jelly on pork pies. That's just weird. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Sometimes you get more than others. Yes, that's why it's often best to get the smaller ones. It's like That's I don't like the, the white sauce very much in lasagna. There's too if there's too much white sauce. I just want the, there's quite a lot of sauce. Yeah. yeah. 
I want Sh- more some more, some more minced beef in there. Yeah, and the beef. Mm. And maybe just, you know, replace one layer of pasta with layers of craft singles. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Do you have like those? A... I don't think I've ever had anything craft, you know, like American craft. You know, I don't think we have like yeah, officially, I don't think we have like craft singles, do we? We have like supermarket brand, yeah, equipment, yeah, cheese slices or whatever they're called. They, 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 I think Morrison's actually do call them singles, um, just to be in, in potentially trademark infringing, or maybe that's why we don't have craft singles. It's like, oh no, Morrison's got their first in the UK. <laughs> oh no, potentially, but we don't even have well, like. What craft dinner? They always talk about that. And they um, what's it? Mac oh, and yeah, cheese. Yeah. How, is that? Well, it's like a powder or something, and you sprinkle it on the thing before you put it in the oven is or it, something. Something like that. There's some it, whole thing with. Is it not just like a prepackaged microwave meal? Or... No, I think there's more to it than that. I think you have to do. Is it got like a crumble layer on top? Yeah, or... yeah, like a crumbly layer or something. And it's all like super mm. artificial, but nice. Supposedly, I can't vouch for that. It apparently seems like every American grew up with it the same way that we have baked beans or something. Because I don't think they yeah. have baked beans. Like, it's really weird because Heinz is an American company, fully American, and yet I don't think they have Heinz baked beans at all. No, I, I've heard conversations where they seem very confused by the concept <laughs> of baked beans, and it's just like, okay, it's like, we're just baked beans? And then you have to explain to them, no, no, no they're in a sauce. Yeah. I'm so oh, weird. But how did that come become super popular and become like a wartime ration food in Britain? And yet in America in it doesn't even exist. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's the tinned thing. But you think that maybe the Ameri- in general. Yeah, maybe maybe the Americans just moved away from all tinned food for a bit, thinking, I don't want to think about it. It's too painful. Anything mm. in tins, it Anything just brings it back bad memories. Yeah, maybe. Not that I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of baked beans or anything. Like they're all right with with the English breakfast or whatever. The rest oh, of sure. everything yeah. involved. They're a nice, but, they're a nice compliment to anything. They actually just you know I'm, I'm quite partial to a nice bit of beans on toast. Every I haven't had beans on toast a, in a long time, man. Just with, just with a bit of cheese on top as well. Yeah, everything with a bit of cheese on top. Like I just had scrambled egg on toast for lunch today. It was delicious. Yeah, that's nice. Scrambled egg is. I don't know. You have to get that the right consistency, otherwise it's like too wet or too dry. Yeah, I gotta admit, I didn't make this one. This was this was a, a gnome special. Nice used goat's butter. Oh, it was pretty good. Okay, top tip. Okay, top that's tip. Uh, goat's our, butter. Our kitchen story. That's our kitchen minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kitchen update. Okay. Uh, right. Um, should we talk about what this podcast is supposedly about? Since. Although you mean video games, <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Have you seen like the Bond film or anything? I, I have. A video. Yes. Game. What do you think? Have, of you, have you? Yeah, I saw it. Okay. I might be the only person on the planet to actually say this because everyone I've spoken to who has seen it has come away feeling positive. Right. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I think it's a mess. Yeah, I like, get you. It the is plot a mess. makes no sense. No, no, it makes absolutely zero sense. I mean, the action is strung together. Yeah, they're pretty good. Action yeah, don't get me wrong. The sequences are great. I think all the acting is solid. Um, well, just, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, solid enough. Yeah, it works. It's not the it's not Oscar winning stuff. No, but, you no, know, it's, it's good. Fine. I yeah. even think the Sam Smith song works in context. 
Yeah, that's like, fine. I, I guess I'm not sure. It, I'm not sure it's all right on its own, but in the sequence and where it, they slot it in and how they slot it in at the start, it's like it's nice. It works. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it was fine. Um, Although I did karaoke last night, and somebody did, um, you know, my name from Casino Royale, and it's like actually that song's really good. It's a good. It's a good song. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it's good. It, you know, if even the, the the theme from Quantum of Solace, you know, the Jack White and Alicia Keys thing, would have been good if Alicia Keys wasn't on it. Well, yeah, because the that... two of them don't gel. No, I, I would. <laughs> Those voices really don't work together. Yeah, definitely count that as a failure. Um, even though Jack White's well, the, my whole, hero. the whole. Yeah, the whole film's bad. I actually quite liked that theme tune, but I just wish if you could somehow edit her out, it would be much better. Mm. It's just that if I find it kind of awkward, you know, when they're singing together yeah. and stuff. Like the way they, the way they try and put their vocal spin on it, just oh, it clashes real bad. It doesn't quite work. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, and the like opening titles or whatever. I don't know. They were fine. I, yeah, well, actually, the actual sequence of it, yeah. you know, the graphics and things like that, they, they didn't seem quite as inventive or no. as unique. It was just, yeah. yeah. And they were obviously playing on, you know, to anyone that's seen the trailer, the sort of spectre uh, symbol is that sort of, I guess, yeah, some sort thing. of squid-like yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So they played to that, but I'm not sure they played to it quite stylistically enough. No, but, you know. yeah. Anywho. But even it doesn't, yeah, there's all kinds of things. Like, you know, without trying to be too spoilerific, it's all like yeah. uh, whenever they need to move the plot on, someone just suddenly says, oh, hey, it's about this dude. Go go do this. Yeah. And there's never any explanation of why. Like, even the main reveal of the bad guy and whatever, and you're supposedly tying everything in the previous three films together, it's just all like, it doesn't, they don't say why. It's just like, it just is. Yeah. All right. And it's, and it's like, like well, it's what? really what? weak. His motivation is like really weird and weak. And yeah. Like, and like it almost happens without you even noticing it, the way they reveal who he really is, who you already know if you've seen any Bond films in the past. Yeah, yeah. 50 years, literally. Um, it is 50 years, isn't it? Nearly. When was it? 1962? Yeah. Yeah. yeah over yes. 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that um, makes sense. Yeah. Um, but like, there's some, there's so many cliches in it. I quite like that it had so many references to old Bond films, but they didn't like yes. fit together like as a story or anything. And no, like, no, the story, stories all over the place. There's, there's almost t- too much going on and not enough of it really used so in some ways. I want to say like, a few okay. points, not spoilerific or anything, but like, yeah. like really dumb things. Like in the opening sequence, he's chasing after a guy to assassinate him and he's in a super crowded place, which is really cool and start, looks awesome, Mexico City. And then yeah. he chases the guy onto a helicopter and he gets in the helicopter with him, starts punching him. That's fine. But then for some reason, he starts punching the pilot when they're flying over like a million people. Yeah, why would, you, why would you do it's that? Like, and he keeps wrenching it like the control stick and it's like, you're going to kill Tyson. What the hell are you doing? Like, like, just leave him yeah. alone. Let him get along with flying the thing, and you can punch the guy. Like what? And even when he's not fighting the pilot, the pilot you, there are plenty <laughs> of moments where it's just like, okay, hasn't the pilot wrestled control of this yet? There's like the plane's <laughs> just flying around, like doing crazy barrel rolls for a while, and it's like, no, the pilot's totally fine right now. He's he's busy fighting the other dude. Yeah, it's like <laughs> what? And like, I I mean, I know the pilot obviously works for the bad guy, but give him a break. He's just like a pilot dude. Like after he gets yeah. the bad guy, he starts punching up the pilot. <laughs> He's not going to purposefully like crash or something. Yeah, crash yeah. the flame. Yeah, you could have just, just put uh, a gun you, to his it, head. It, it'd be fine. Yeah. yeah, wouldn't that have been more Bond-like? Actually, exactly. Just been all like, all like, calmly set us down. 
<laughs> but no, he has to do an insane loop the loop uh, over the top of like a huge crowd of people or something while punching the yeah. guy in the face. It's like, okay, fine. Ugh, anyway. And then later on, it becomes a kind of full super, you know, Bond super villain lair in a crater type deal, right? Which I yes. guess is like a, a a throwback. It's all throwbacks and stuff, isn't it? Mm. But like, he's in the like torture. But even that is somewhat obviously. unnecessary. But then the moment the moment he the his escape thing works, like every, all his restraints just spring open magically, like because yeah, <laughs> and then well, he just runs away. Mm, and then, and yeah, then, I, like I have a theory behind that that you could sort of just say, well, it's because of this, and then right. it's like, okay, maybe that, maybe that works. Maybe. But, you know, like there's a. But, but yeah, he, you're right. Like he's, he's running away, and I swear he shoots like he shoots one bullet bullet into like one gas tank or something, and it's like the whole like like my brother said. I went to see it with him. There's one of the TV tropes um, entries is made of explodium, and pretty much that <laughs> base is made of explosium because like one bullet, yeah. the whole thing just ex- just massively explodes. It looks then, cool, but yeah, but like what? No, why? no one would. What, that was poorly designed. It was like made look, look, of like red telescopes, wasn't it? What's explosive about telescopes? Yeah, it's like what? Uh, so, and 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 the entire place is like yeah. I can't can't talk about it really. I yeah, about going too spoilery, but it's yeah. Uh, the one thing I will say, the most misleading part about the build up to that film and what it actually is, is that Spectre does nothing. No, it does nothing. Like, it's like this shadowy organization that has absolutely no point. <laughs> It's like, it, they could have done much more interesting things with it. Yeah, it could have been written. But it's Instead, got nothing it was like to, this mysterious. Nothing like, to do with it. But, like, they, they just told you there was a connection between Spectre and, like, the guy in Britain or whatever, mm. I guess. And then that eventually. you just had to believe that eventually. And then there was, like, a, a ticking. Spoiler alert, actually, yeah. that, that could be enough. <laughs> Where, do you think? Oh, okay, maybe. Yeah. And then there's a ticking clock. At the end, which is a cliche in itself. Not only that, there's two ticking clocks running at at one time. Did you notice that? Oh yes, yes yeah. I did. Yes, you're right. There are two different clocks. The first clock is like when it, when it gets to the end, the world will be under, or something will be bad for some unspecified reason that we can't. But we've got to stop it for some reason. Um, yes, they again. They don't really explain what <laughs> the whole point. Of, like, oh, I had this argument with Gnome on the way home, where it's just like. Actually, is the bad side of this whole plot really that bad? <laughs> in a way? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh boy, yeah, yeah. Anyway, what a weird ass yeah. film. It's yeah. it's it's pretty meh when you start analysing it, but it's all very well made meh. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want well made meh. You'd you'd be better off with like slightly less well made awesomeness, really. Slightly more indie. Um, yeah, you don't want really slick stuff that's actually bad underneath. Or not bad, but just boring. Or not even boring. They could probably save money by doing less, right? In a way. Like, if you just make your core premise and your core structure sound, you don't necessarily Hmm. need to have millions of set pieces. But that's the thing. It's got to the point where the budget's getting bigger and bigger, hasn't it? I think, for Bond films. So it's just becoming more and more bombastic. I don't think they can go back to having a coherent plot at this point. (laughs) Maybe they can. I don't know. (laughs) Well, it's it's supposedly the last one Daniel Craig's going to do. It's the last one he was contracted to do. Is that right? Okay. Um, so there's a good chance he won't come back now. So they might okay. reboot the whole thing again. But... I mean, I'd be fine with that. As long as it's Idris Elba, I'd be up for watching that. Oh, really? Yeah. Or Black the... Bond. Yeah, clearly. That, 
he'd that be, would be pretty awesome actually he'd be a he'd, good one he'd be hardcore although awesome. he's a bit although he's a bit more he's not he's not a traditional bond in the sense no. that he's not you know he's a bigger guy isn't he is what like you know he's a bit more beefcake um, yeah and his what and his accent you could argue is a little bit more a little bit more gruff, you know, a little bit more London. Yeah, he is a bit <laughs> more London. But you could have that, or you could, or he could change it. You know, he could be posh if, if necessary, I'm sure. But um, What if they just... What, here's a thought. What if they didn't do Bond? <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, There's just too much followed someone else, like a different 00. Yeah, no. It's not... Because they talk about cool 009 briefly, whoever yeah. that is. No, they're not um, going to do anything inventive. Like... Star Wars, they might because they've got all these spin-off films and stuff, so they can take that franchise mm. in different directions and do like different characters. But James Bond is just James Bond. You can't really. You just have to keep making films forever. But um, about <laughs> yeah. this one dude, who ca- who cares about the continuity really? Just just make a decent film. <laughs> yeah. So they tried to do continuity with the Craig films, didn't they? I guess it sort yeah. of worked, but I don't know. Anyway. Well, it worked while you've got an actor in tow. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and I suppose it, maybe it doesn't matter. You could just replace him like Dumbledore, I guess, but and mm. carry on for a bit. But there comes yeah. a point where you have to have to reboot, right? I think they will. But whether they do it, like I don't, I don't mind if they start like with him being experienced because with the the first Daniel Craig one, it starts with his first kill or something, so it's like a full reboot yeah. where he's not even a double O at the start. Yeah. Um, but they don't need to do that. I don't think they can just have no. Not necessarily. They can just, you know, start afresh. Like he's an age. He's already an age. He's already a, like yeah. That. Everyone's and the crew is still there, as you'd expect. Well, that's pretty much how all the old films were, wasn't it? I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. you, you, you knew the setup. You knew how things were. Let's just tell a story. Yep. And you could make a long one just from that. You know, just from scratch again. That's fine. All right, it's fine. So. It's yeah. like Star Trek. Time never happened. Speaking of Star <laughs> Trek, there's a new Star Trek series they're going to make. Series. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether I'm. I want to know if it's going to be set in the new timeline. That's um, a good question. It's supposed but, to have uh, nothing uh, to do. In a way, with I guess it must. Or but... actors or yeah, I don't know. I think it's got someone from the new films involved, like producing hmm. it or something. That makes sense. The, the, yeah. You know, they've probably looked at the the Marvel spin-offs and been all like, "Ah, oh, you know what? This actually could work." Yeah, that's true. Um, and it, yeah, it's a t- the format's obvious. Star Trek is a TV show. You know, yeah, yeah. So, could be interesting. It's a bit weird though that it's like online only or something. I think, oh, is or, it? or streaming only. Well, I guess. Or is it like all the Netflix being stuff funded is. by Netflix? Or yeah, no, it's CBS. I think so. It's the people that yeah, okay, but they're not putting it on their broadcast for some reason. But maybe they will. Who knows? Interesting. Yeah, Star Trek. Anyway, video games. It could be good, you know, because well. there is a place I think for the sort of more. If they, I'd like it if they go down back to the diplomatic route in a way. Yeah. Like so, let the films do the big outlandish stuff. Yeah. And let the series deal with what you know what Star Trek fans grew up with, I guess. So. Yeah, exactly. But just don't be Enterprise. It's been a long time. Oh God. Hey, we haven't even got to news yet, and we're being greeted. A wild Zack has appeared. A wild Zack has appeared. Oh, you're not Mr. Caffeine. No. <laughs> yes, wrong, wrong sound effect. There was um. Oh man, this is a this is the guy where you know we talk about things that happened on other shows, like jokes other jokes other people have made. But there was um there was a bit on um Gogglebox where if you heard the the Justin Bieber song with Skrillex and Diplo. 
Funnily enough, no, but go on. Okay. But it, it has a bit a sort of a, a sort of a pan lead that sort of goes doo doo and this dad at one point in Gogglebox was trying to replicate that and just was going, Oh yeah, I quite like that one song that goes Billy. I know that. And, know and everyone that. just looks at him and it's just like, sorry, what? Billy. <laughs> and it's like and then they sing it properly to him and it's like, yeah, that's what I did. Billy. <laughs> I do know that that tune. I must have heard it. I didn't realise that had anything to do with Justin Bieber. Yeah, that's, that's him singing it. Oh, no. I, it's the Pan Pipey... I'm thinking of a Pan Pipey tune. Oh, there is another Pan Pipey That's one. That's the one. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. No, the one, yeah, the one I'm singing is, is... Well, I guess it's more contorted vocals more than Pan Pipes. But yeah, it's, not, it's, a, yeah, it's a different one. Sorry. Confused, I'm confusing myself. Okay, okay. Because goddamn that guy. <laughs> Zachary Burgess. Woo. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> right on time. <laughs> sort of. We're about to start the Apparently. news. No time for you any don't of you your want to hear about the pheasant again? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, yeah. What's happening with the pheasant? It, it left. <laughs> no, uh, it was really weird because, like, apparently it had been fed like random bits of bread and other, you know, just stuff. And as soon as we got actual bird feed for it and put it out there in a tray, and it was in the garden at the time, like it was in the back of the garden, it was looking at us, and we put the tray out. And then it was never seen again. <laughs> it was like it knew that we were trying to tame it. It was just like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> You've changed my environment. I liked things the way they were. <laughs> so yeah, have it since. <laughs> Poor pheasant. Or it got hit by a train, you know. It's entirely possible. You being backing onto train. Oh, so no, end of pheasant news. Apparently. <laughs> so this feature only lasted two weeks. Yep. <laughs> Oh boy, should get to some news then, unless you've got any kitchen bitching. Uh, people need to learn to cut cheese. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is, is I have your cheese knife. Well, that's part of the problem, but then, like, God damn it, my dad just can't cut cheese for shit. Well, he, it's like he deliberately does it in the worst possible way. Like, he'll put the block vertically, like, fin length fin side on the table and cut downwards along the whole length oh, I do that. with a really shitty knife that doesn't let him cut in a straight line so it's just all wiggly yeah I do that and he <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure because I see the knives like lying around before they're washed I'm pretty sure he's cut cheese with a butter knife before it's like that's not gonna let you cut yeah, it in any right. kind of useful way yeah that, yeah. okay I draw the line at that <laughs> the thing is yeah if I have a crap if I don't have a good knife or a big enough knife to hand I will have to do the well yeah thing. if you don't have the length to cut yeah, if, I, the if I don't block. have to I don't even know what the knife we describe as the cheese knife is really for because it's no. not really a cheese knife it's just super good at cutting cheese <laughs> yes <laughs> and yeah so yeah if, you, if you've got a big enough knife and you can do it like horizontally yeah you press then, the whole length yeah, at once then, then your cheese slices will be more uniform and the worst thing about it is sometimes I'll get the cheese out and there'll be the wiggly, wiggly death cut that my dad's made and I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. So I'll turn the block around and cut from the other end where it's fresh mm. and I'll make, make my cuts. And then the next time I come to use the cheese, both ends are wiggly. <laughs> and I'm like, why? <laughs> it's just it's... like rustic edges. Like yeah, embarrassing edges. Humiliate. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. That, that's crazy. 
Uh, there are times I, I, I gotta admit where I get the block out and I've been too neat, and it's just like I'm sort of looking at it, going, I don't know which end is the actual. It doesn't is, matter is, in that case. No, if they're both straight, then start from either. <laughs> yeah. I don't know which end I'm supposed to be attacking here. Let's let's make it into a smaller, smaller cube of cheese. Well, yeah, as long as you don't start cutting off in the non-major direction, because then that's a double fail. Because cheese is like most cheese is very conveniently like bread width. <laughs> this is true. So you can just cut slices and they fit perfectly in a sandwich. Yeah. And then if you start cutting it the wrong way and you're making it a weird shape, it's like no, don't do that either. Better, even if you have large bread, then your cheese is still the the appropriate width for a toasty. Yeah, exactly. Because it will splurge within out. the bread. Yeah. Cheese problems. First world cheese problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in the world of video Does games? Anyone, well, okay, let's let's start with the obvious one. Does anyone bloody know what is going on with Kojima anymore? Because, right, he supposedly had his last day. Right. And there was, like, a big deal with that. And, like, you know, people were saying, yeah, it was all cool and stuff. But and then, now he's a janitor. <laughs> yeah, now he's a janitor. So like, well, yeah, because the, there was another statement that came out from Konami saying he hasn't left. He's on vacation. And it's like, he's wait, a janitor. Wait, wait, what? What is Konami, going on? Konami's just being weird, I think. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, are they, like, really desperate to try and make it seem to their investors, like, no, 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 we've still got him. Don't panic. Maybe, but I then, guess, because... But then, but then Kami well. don't care about games. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, he'll be making games anyway for somebody, or with somebody. Hopefully we'll find someone with a ridiculous budget like Konami had. He doesn't even need that. I think he should make some smaller stuff. See what yeah, that would be cool. Perhaps he should just make films. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because that's not a small budget at all. No. I don't know how good they'd be, though. Who Who's making films that came from video games? I can't remember this. Uh, well, there's still the Assassin's Creed film coming. Right, yeah. Still that World of Warcraft film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's this year, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's, that's going to happen soon. Well, the, yeah. And the Heavenly Sword and Ratchet and Clank films that Sony are making. Yep. But the Warcraft thing will be like quite a big deal, I imagine. Um. <laughs> well, you'd hope so. It's one of those things they could write whatever the hell they wanted, right? And make it work. I don't know, because like Warcraft has a story, and has always had a story, and mm. even World of Warcraft is a continuation of the story from like the RTSs. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things, the world is big enough, they probably could I mean, they could make a post-like story, but then that would be weird if they ever did more expansion <laughs> yeah. than that, where it's like, now we're trying not to cross over with this other thing we made. But this, like, I heard that Warcraft There's Angry Birds as well. Isn't it set like during World Warcraft Two kind of times? Is that right or something? In terms of the world, I can't no, remember exactly. It's oh, like very set... much a prequel to World of Warcraft. To World of Warcraft, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Maybe it will fill in the gap between yeah, like, World of Warcraft Two and Three. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I don't even remember the story of those games. I know nothing yeah. past that point. Really. All I remember is orcs and humans, and they fight, and there's a thing you there's like a mystical altar at some point you have to get to. And then they introduce the Tunball races. There's <laughs> yeah. elves, yeah. All of that happened after. That must have been Warcraft 3 stuff where the elves and everything came in. Presumably. And the tree people. Do not the tree people. Hello. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Righto. Stop clicking on me. <laughs> Your sound card works perfectly. Your installer fucks your computer. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Uh, Keiji Inafune. In other Japanese madness. <laughs> yes, definitely a very similar topic. Oh boy. We, we, we'd already pr- brought this up earlier 
that KJ Nafune needs to stop doing stuff on Kickstarter before he actually you know, releases, releases a game. <laughs> but guess what he's gone and done? He's gone and announced that Mighty Number no. 9 is getting a sequel and it's not even coming. <laughs> the game's not even out yet. It's not out till like February or March or something. Well, I mean, if it's done, I mean, he, from his perspective, it's like, if that game's done, but it's just not, like, bug-tested or whatever, but he's then got, he, that, he, he's like, yeah, I'm ready to make the sequel. But, but it's got, just but like, he's got it Red Ash and Recore to work on. <laughs> well, however much he's actually involved in Recore. Yeah, I, he, is, he is pretty much, like, the whole idea of concept seems still seems to be true, right? That they just come up with ideas <laughs> and just be all like, right, we out. We've, got, we've given you this idea. We're done here. Next thing, please. Boy, in a pune. You, you're, uh, you're, you're, mm, yeah. Trust in you is, is starting to wane, I think. Uh, quite right, so, quite so. so. Next, next chronologically, we could even jump to Paris Games Week now or come back to it. Let's get, or, and then get rid of, or, or, you know, come back to it later, getting rid of some of the smaller news stories first. Well, yeah, that's probably better. All right, let's go for the smaller ones. Um, have you seen Born previews have been happening, and it's beginning to look somewhat okay. All right, that's not the terrible one. That's Battle Cry. Yeah, that's what I was trying to work out which one it was. <laughs> the, the Bethesda made one. That is the one we think just looks unbelievably bad. Uh, Battleborn is the one by Gearbox. All right, um, and was sort of positioning itself as like a co-op. I don't know, some kind of defensive style hordy sort of game for a while mm. but now apparently like actually the actual missions are a bit are a lot more event- inventive than that and play well in co-op and um and the sort of MOBA-esque style multiplayer is actually pretty well done um so Battleborn might actually be good uh you sorry you were about to say something Dan before I carried on with that uh, I just noticed the thing about Activision buying the Candy Crush people for six, Indeed, six billion dollars. Is that yeah? On the list? Five point nine. Five, right. uh, that, yeah, that was last on your list. Yeah, five point nine. They've bought. Yeah, they've bought King Games. The I don't know the Saga people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, basically, the people who tried to stop Banner Saga from using the name Banner Saga because they claimed it would cause marketplace confusion. Yeah, <laughs> the word Saga, boy. Yeah, it's yeah. I'd... There's a lot the of theories places, going around. You don't know if they're going to continue to make money, do you, or whatever? It's like they make. Well, no, money. that's the thing. Yeah, like mobile games, the industry in the whole is such a flash in the pan thing. Yeah. Um, that you know, well, Candy Crush, I, I think, is still one of the most profitable video games out there ever. Like, yeah, probably along with Clash of Clans and stuff like that. It still makes mega dollars. Um. So you know whether or not whether or not they'll make yeah whether or not they'll make six billion (laughs) for Activision is a good question. But the 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 theory then comes from that is oh actually they're not doing that for um uh, they're not doing it because it because of profit reasons they're doing it because it's the investors need to need to see growth Hmm. or or they're doing it as a tax loophole alternatively. Maybe because apparently if you if they had a bunch of money in European banking system that they couldn't repatriate to the US without paying tax, so they just used that money to buy King. <laughs> so they apparently avoided like a billion in taxes on that money. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> that's crazy. Which you know some people are not happy about <laughs> the government of the US, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. 
crazy, crazy. Surely all they're going to do is put Candy Crush into World of Warcraft, like how they, how there was that, like there's been various mods for World of Warcraft that let you play like Peggle clones inside the game, oh, really? like while you're waiting for stuff to happen. Yeah. Doesn't huh. <laughs> implement that properly as an actual in-game thing with a DLC, then like micro purchase store or whatever. Because why not? Yep. Might as well try and expand that market. It's not mobile, but it's still a mobile S game within yeah. another game. You know what's going to happen next, though? They're just going to hire Don Matrick, and then <laughs> then the circle <laughs> is complete. <laughs> they put plenty of Matrix into World of Warcraft. I that never took off. We never remembered that. The whole, it's called microtransactions Matrix thing. <laughs> Uh, Rocket League's getting an update <laughs> again, <laughs> continuously. Yep, but this one's weirder. It's this one's actually sort of new gameplay styles and things. They're adding the Mutators update and, and featuring like a, a specific hockey mode. Well, not in that patch though. Weirdly, oh, like the Mutators, the Mutators update is the November patch, mm. and the hockey one specifically is December. Right. So, like the Mutators will come, other Mutators will come out before the hockey one. Okay. Okay, fair, fair enough. I, I, I did hear that they were probably going to be adding like a sort of a mutators playlist. In well, they have to really, because yeah, it's only for custom games. Yeah, where it picks like sort of certain game modes that they've approved of or things like that, the ones that work. So you could have random rules each match. It could be kind of interesting. Mm. I don't want. I don't think they should go too far down this route because otherwise they risk like I don't know segregating the player base. It's already possible to like quit a game. Go straight back into it and then join the same game. And well, the that's same not people. because of the um, number of players. That's just because of the way the server system works. Yeah, where, like during that period of waiting for players, if you if you've all left one game, you rejoin immediately. Of course, it's just going to find that same game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe they could just prevent it from doing that in some way, like give it a wait of like don't keep that one in reserve, but look for other ones quickly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. And they're also bringing in. They're also bringing in possibly the most useless system, reporting people. Do you know what that means? Spam. Yep, it means that system is going to be completely flooded with bullshit that's not actually useful in any way. Oh my god, that guy was totally cheating, right? You shouldn't have ever do that. How do you get that balance? And so <laughs> physics, physics fuck ups. Or just totally non, like. Don't like. It's they're winning. To be, Everyone report them. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be. Like it's, it's not about cheating, really. It's about yeah, abuse, it's about like text abuse, chat yeah. by the looks of it, and vocal. But abuse. even that, even that, that's not your No, it's I mean, at least bad. at least with the text chat, they'll have logs or something they can at least theoretically. Yeah, yeah. they'll be able to. They've just made themselves it. a whole lot of work. In the problem. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. If you're implementing a system like that. I mean, it, it's interesting that, you know, this is obviously, it's, to them, this seems to be the top request from the community is that we need a system like this. Well, and there's which also, is interesting. It's just how volatile is the Rocket League community? I don't think it's that, uh, I haven't had a pretty bad experience with it, right? Like, I don't know, a few. Oh, yeah, there's been a couple, but it's not been awful in the grand scheme of things. It's not like playing Counter Strike. And the other thing that the report system, it's sort of related I guess related to the report system are not necessarily built on the same part of the report system as they want to do more stuff about like the ranked matches mm. to maybe penalise people more for quitting and and deliberately playing badly or giving up too early of all those kind of problems that ranked has sometimes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Quitting is still a problem. Oh, man. There was some, I've had some really weird matches in rank recently with like quit. I had when, when me and Kippers were playing, we had one game where the other guy on our team quit and we nearly made a comeback. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Although I think maybe one of the people on the enemy team was helping us slightly. It was kind of hard to tell if he was just really bad or whether he was actually intending to help us. <laughs> Teaming this up a bit. But we pulled it back to overtime and then lost. <laughs> that's fine. That's, that's, that's legit. But yeah, and there was also another match I was playing with some random guy the other night when the other guy on our team quit immediately, and then one guy on the enemy team was like, "Just leave, you don't get a penalty, just leave." And we were like, "Fuck this, we're gonna win!" And then we made another comeback because <laughs> 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 it was like there was a lot of times where he just stopped to type to tell us to leave, and meanwhile we were doing things and scoring. It's <laughs> like maybe if you kept playing, then you would accidentally lose. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's a psychological game. <laughs> And then I had the bullshit one last night where two people on the enemy team quit, but the last guy decided not to for no reason. So we just we just scored on him for f- four minutes, and it was yeah, really boring wow. and a waste yeah. of everyone's time. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's hoping he's like, oh, if they just quit because it's dull, then, 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 then I'll still get the rank points. Yeah, yeah. that's stupid. Yeah. I mean, when it's two or three, that's acceptable. You can theoretically do some stuff if you're awesome, but if it's mm-hmm. one on three, yeah. that's the point where just just quit for God's sake. <laughs> Don't make this game last another four minutes for no reason. Yeah, you kind of want, or you want the game to basically just sort of almost at that point and say, look, you know what, we're just not going to count this as a game <laughs> at this point because it's just like, ugh. yeah, maybe. Depends. Yeah, it could do some, have some. It could soften the blow at least if it was made public. Like, you know, actually, if you're like. If you're losing 3-0 or something and your teammates decide to leave, then you'll get slightly less of the loss because you stuck around well, or they, something. They, or... It reduces the amount of rank points you win or lose just based on how many players are there. Right. So when it's like one on three, you only gain like four points or lose two. Okay, sure. But what if you're the one and you win? You gain a ton of points. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh... You only gain the shitty four points. <laughs> well, that's not so bad. Yeah, as long as it doesn't affect it too much. Then. It's still annoying. Yeah. It's a waste of everyone's time. Yep. More than anything. Depends on whether they just need a quick cooldown or something like that. Like if you quit too many games. Well, that goes. is one of the things that they might put in. I think it's a sensible idea. I'm not against quick cooldowns. Sometimes, you know, every now and then someone has to quit and you don't want to penalise for them. But if someone's doing it uh, all the bloody time when they're losing or something like that, then maybe they should not be playing so much. <laughs> Well, that's less, that's sort of less the problem in ranked and more the problem in the non-ranked. Though. Yeah, but you shouldn't enforce non-ranked. That's yeah. kind of the point. You can't. Yeah. Rocket League still awesome, still crazy addictive. Once you're in, it's very hard to stop. Oh, just one more game. Uh, Xbox One is getting a big update in four days' time. Still, oh yeah, oh. still it's still coming. It's still coming. Yeah, November twelfth is the official dashboard update. Okay, which would, get... which include Xbox three hundred and sixty back compatibility. Oh, for what? For the first time? Uh, yeah, officially. I don't even okay. know if you discount the rare replay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Stuff. Yeah, okay. Like now, you'll be able to put discs in, and it will go. Yep, this will work. Have we got a list part. of games for that or whatever? I think they have put a list up. Of like a hundred or so that are definitely okay. going to be functional at the start. Um, 
and I think Microsoft themselves have pledged, like, oh yes, anything that's published by us or that we've been involved with is going is going to be on this list. Um, so who knows what? I, I haven't looked at it, so I don't know what the situation is with other publishers and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, judging by their list, pretty much everyone is on board to some capacity. Um, and maybe it's Microsoft that are going to be doing the work. They just have to get green lit um, by the publisher to be put up. Um, mm. Which also means that you know, games with gold, like every Xbox One owner, their games with gold suddenly doubles in size because they'll have two three sixty games. Oh right, they'll have access to that every month as well. And the, you know, part of the deal is is that every game with gold for three sixty from now on will be ones that work on back compat. Hmm. So you know, some good news. Yeah, not bad. That's good to know. And anything else in the um. Dashboard itself, like, is it an NXE type deal or is it just a few? Uh, I don't think it's particularly new features. It's it's it is an NXE thing. They're actually calling it the new Xbox One experience, so it's technically NXO. <laughs> okay. The 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 Nuxo. The Nuxo. It's it's yeah, or the Enzoe. <laughs> yeah, but it's it, I don't think it's adding new features. It's just a redesign, and you know certain elements will work slightly differently. Certain the more common functionality, what you would associate with Xbox Live, like friends lists and parties, um, should be much much faster because mm. they'll always be loaded rather than being treated as apps. Um, that kind of stuff. So you know, there's there's some good stuff with it. I I wanted to see it before I cast my judgment on how bloody ugly it seems to look. Right. Um, um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of its design. It's like I don't know. You, you've used Windows 10 a bit, you know. If you, you, you like the modern apps that come with it, they have that sort of sidebar design, right, where the left bar kind of has icons in it, right? Um, and you sort of <laughs> pick those to go to the sections. It's kind of combining that with the horizontal flow that, of the old Windows, uh, you know, modern Windows or Metro design language. And I'm not sure if a hundred percent works on the console. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, I'm not. People are quite down on the Xbox interface and stuff like that. But I really don't. The more I've used it, the more I'm not quite sure I understand why. I think it's perfectly functional. Yeah, I mean, but, they've got. I mean, it's a lot more. Has a lot more functionality than it used to in the back of the 360 mm-hmm. days, and so sure, the snap, the snapping, and the apps, and the you know waiting for things to load is the biggest problem. Right. Um, but you know, the actual core design of where things are and where they're laid out, I don't have a problem with. Yeah. Um. I can get about. I don't get it. I don't get what the big deal is. But never mind. We'll see. We don't have a choice. We're everyone getting it. So, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. And this will also be running on Windows 10 back end. Oh, yeah. And what, speaking of Windows 10, what about everyone getting Windows 10, apparently? Oh, boy. That's going to cause me a whole load of problems at work, I tell you. I'm quite annoyed about this. What's the deal? Um, in June of next year, everyone gets Windows 10, whether you want it or not. What? Windows update. Um, yeah, if you're running 7 or Windows 8, they are going to push Windows 10 onto the recommended upgrade path. So unless right. you specifically block Windows 10 as an upgrade, which you can do, yeah. but most users aren't going to know how to, mm. um, your system is going to get Windows 10 randomly one night. Right. This right. causes me a great deal of problems. Yeah, because most people I deal sure. in I deal in lots of installed hardware, and they're all running Windows Seven Pro at the moment. So now I suddenly have to make my software 
Windows 10 compatible by next year. Or go to every one of those systems and make sure automatic updates isn't turned on yeah. or that specific automatic update anyway. Yeah. It, should, it should just be compatible in my case. It should just work. But we have had issues running it on Windows 8. Um, so I'm a little bit annoyed about this because it's like, well, I, I have no need to upgrade. 7 is going to be supported for ages and now suddenly I have to do it. Well, 7 isn't going to be supported for ages though, is it? That's sort of the point. Yeah. I mean, we could we could block it on all on all of our devices, but that would just be a that'd be even more of a pain in the ass. It's a big manual process as a way to just go through every device and say, "Please don't install this." Yeah, I can't we say that really until it happens, going. and it might just happen before we even get to it. It's like it, it's super awkward. But the it's amount like the GWX not being disabled easily. Like, who wants that friggin' pop up all the time saying, "Get Windows 10"? I don't it's have like, that on my system, and I keep seeing people yeah. playing it. I was like, that's never happened to me. I don't really? know why. Oh, wow. <laughs> Somehow I've never had that thing do whatever it's meant to do. Are you running Enterprise? or No, it's what? just a regular yeah. home edition. Weird. Yeah, you should, you should have had that. <laughs> don't know why. You're lucky. It's mysterious. You're lucky. It was annoying. Maybe it's because I just never restart my computer. Like I... once in a, once well, a month maybe. or something. Yeah, that might be it. Maybe I skip the window for that to appear. Yeah, yeah. I can't see them going through with this. Like, imagine the number of businesses that have been in the same position as you, Rob. It's a bit of a, it's a real problem for us. Yeah, yeah. Maybe well, it's for... just it's just introduced work we hadn't anticipated. Yeah, yeah. And we're already, you know, you know, without going into too much <laughs> You're detail, already doing work. <laughs> yeah, we're we're already research, resource stressed. Mm-hmm. I am the resource. Um, you are the and... resource. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is just it's yeah. Mm. Irritating. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying Windows 10 is a bad system. I'm not sure that many users will really mind the up, having the upgrade. You know, in the majority of cases, it's going to be absolutely fine. But for people like me that kind of rely on having a, a known platform, it's a pain. Mm. And like Windows 10 by default on a desktop installation won't mysteriously like suddenly look all touchscreeny for no apparent reason. Mm. It? It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Windows 10 is good, but yeah. Yeah, I think if you, I upgraded from 7 to 10, and it by default was in the kind of desktopy mode, not in the. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not in it the Windows knew, it knew that I didn't have a touchscreen. You know, I, I, yeah. I recently upgraded my um, my work <coughs> Surface Pro One from Windows 8 to Windows 10, and by default that treats everything like a desktop. But right. It's pretty easy to swap to tablet mode, and. Um, in actual fact, those things are supposed to detect when you detach the keyboard and go, hey, do you want to use this like a tablet now? Right. And I had that work in the other direction. I haven't had it go to tablet mode automatically, but I've had it drop to desktop mode automatically when I plug the keyboard in. No, that's cool. That stuff's kind of neat. That kind of stuff's kind of slick. It sort of turns on and off. I think the most annoying thing about it is it turns off some of the shortcuts when you're in desktop mode that you could do on the touchscreen before. Oh, that's um, dumb. There's no reason. Well, you know, you used to you used to be able to swipe down across a window, and that would be the close gesture. Mm. You could sort of drag it to the bottom of the screen, but of course, that only really worked with full screen apps. So now, if you're in desktop mode, nothing is truly full screen. Oh, I anymore, see. Even you know, if you maximize it's, it's it, still, yeah. it's still Windows. Yeah, so some of the shortcuts don't work, but oh, you know, that's a minor thing. Do you see the Surface Pro Book thing? Oh, it's cool, man! It's freaking oh, crazy. One, one. Expensive, well, but. Yeah, it's expensive, but man, that's a, that's a nice looking thing. Pretty damn nice. It's kind of irritating that the, I mean, there's nothing they could do, but that it doesn't actually close flush. It's kind of yeah. I'm not sure I mind that. Um, yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. It's more that it's a good looking thing. Seems to finally rival Apple in terms of you know performance yeah. and build quality. And yeah, 
it's it's a cool looking thing. I saw a little bit of a kind of comparison of specs versus. So basically, it's thirteen inch, right? Um, I think. Yeah. So if you compare it to the MacBook Pro thirteen inch, it 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 um beats it by like a lot, especially in graphics. Um, oh yeah, but it's, you, got, it's got a dedicated GPU in the, exactly. in the, in the keyboard. But if you compare it to the fifteen inch uh, MacBook Pro, which is what I have for work, um, it's you know. <laughs> It's not. It can't match that, obviously. But that's quite a lot sure. bigger. And it's, my work laptop is freaking heavy. Um, so even at this point, because it's basically a full dev box with 16 gig of RAM and a dedicated graphics and everything, so yeah. it's still quite heavy, unfortunately. So I wouldn't mind something that was almost as powerful but considerably smaller and lighter. Yeah, I think they're cool. Mm. Uh, I'm also quite looking forward to when the new Lumias come out. You know, I'm not, not not even though their big selling point is that weird continuum feature. Right. Where, hey, plug your phone into a dock and you'll get a Windows RT machine. Not and what you like, want yeah. necessarily. No, I'm not, yeah. not, not sure I particularly. I mean, it's cool that you can. It's a testament to phones' power, I suppose, these days. But I'm not going to use it for that. <laughs> but they look cool regardless. No real features. They just look like cool things. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft news. What else we got? Uh, my notes are closed. <laughs> okay, Dave. Back up. Uh, Nint- oh, the last bit of random news before Paris Games Week I have is that Nintendo's first smartphone game uh, has kind of been announced and is a and is a known entity now. So it's called Mitomo. Apart from Pokemon Go, you know. well, yeah, it's that... <laughs> sort of Nintendo's game. Yeah, and, 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 they're describing this as the first official one, right. but not. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it will come out before the Pokemon thing. Is, <laughs> that's maybe also that's, possible. Maybe that's what they mean. Um, uh, yeah, it's called Mitomo, and basically appears to be kind of like Tomodachi Life in that it's like a social networking simulation game. Right. I'm not sure I fully understand it. To be honest, like it's like they've taken Tomodachi Life and made it about fake Facebook or something. <laughs> Basically, what it was all about. Yeah, I guess. Always. Yeah. Uh, and that's that. Will that? Do you reckon that will come across? Did Tomodachi Life really do that well, or make much of an impression in Europe? You made some America? impression for being weird. Yeah, <laughs> well, definitely. There's just a picture of Reggie's face coming off, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they made their they made that whole Nintendo Direct with that style, didn't they? That's true. That yeah, was quite a quite a thing. Yeah, <laughs> they pushed it quite hard. Yeah. Moving from Nintendo though yeah. to the other Japanese mega games company. <laughs> Sony had a big thing. Very big. Yeah, Paris Games Week. Sony basically ran, right. ran a random, random, random extra press conference, Run the same conference. way that Microsoft did at Gamescom. Yep. They were just like, "Well, we need some of this extra conference action." European conference action. <laughs> yeah, there's probably some good reasons why they waited for the French one, which I will get to later. <laughs> uh, fairly obvious links, I, I guess, in places. Yeah. Um, so I haven't listed, I haven't noted down everything, only the things that were somewhat of interest. Um, and so the first thing that caught my eye was something called a Vector, um, which looks a little bit like 
um, someone looked like looked at Audio Surf and Amplitude and thought, oh, these look kind of cool, but I'm also a really big fan of Avicii. Let's have him make those. <laughs> okay. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, Avicii is making a rhythm game with Sony that looks kind of like those games. That's pretty much all we have to go on right now. I remember that I had notes for this, so I went and got ah, my phone. I see. What did I have? Where's... Oh, I didn't even note that down, apparently. <laughs> so my <laughs> notes are real good. Uh, well, yeah, as I say, mine's only not everything. It's only the things I thought were interesting. Well, apparently mine is most things, but not that. Okay, right. <laughs> Maybe I just didn't understand what I was looking at, because that video was like, is this just some DJ guy? Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's a game. It didn't really show a lot of what the look actually of the game. It was mostly just of Avicii wearing headphones. Yep. Right. Um, Being a DJ. Yeah, talking. It's like, I guess it was like, do you remember those old ads for, was it a Motorola phone or something where Diplo was basically oh, just talking yeah. in his... That was ridiculous. And then the drop. <laughs> they were in, uh, before a lot of films for quite a while, those, weren't they? Yeah, they were in the cinema yeah. for ages. Yeah. No Man's Sky has a release date. No, well, I had something before that. No. Well, that boundless thing, which looks to be Sony oh, Minecraft. Yeah, Sony, making, Sony are making Minecraft. Or more like Chrome, maybe. It looks like it has more like the Sony? action, that the PC game that's a Minecraft clone that's more action, third person oriented. Okay. Where, like you ride dragons and shit. It had portals. Yeah. It looks sort of like a blocky world, but maybe slightly more. Like slightly more game, I guess yeah. you could say, like yeah. a Terraria esque. Maybe it's based. Maybe it has the building opportunities, but there is like an actual. There's, there's a point. Yeah. <laughs> Things to do. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, that was just like the most scripted trailer you've ever seen. Yeah, sure. Well. So you yeah. didn't really show it anything. What it's let's, actually like? Let's have some slow pans. Here's some know. awesome buildings that you're never going to be able to build yourselves. So yeah. do they exist? Yeah. <laughs> Good question. Weird, like imp-like creatures. And, yeah, that seem to be the population. Then no man's sky. Then no man's sky. Yeah, so it's got a release date of, last. of like yeah June. The fucking year. middle of next year. Yeah, Jesus which, Christ. which technically is a delay because they had said it was going to come out early next year, and it's like I call June middle of next year. Yeah, so, I would yeah. say that's quite the middle, being like the sixth month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's a. Uh, well, yeah. At least it's solid now. Well, it, it, could, it could still move. If but, it's yeah. more than six months away, I'd say that's not necessarily that it's solid. It's the most solid it's ever been. You have to put it that way. It's phasing into existence slowly. Um, Crytek have a new game. Yep, They're making it for VR, and it's got dinosaurs. And okay. Robinson. If you can call it a game. Don't really know. Yeah, that. again, it's you like, hard it's to tell what it is. Dinosaur yeah. running simulator. Yeah. You run around and there's dinosaurs. Could well just be an on-rails experience thing. Don't forget that Rise started as a Kinect game so oh, when yeah, from Crytek, so they have a tendency of changing tack. <laughs> they should make um, VR Turok, obviously. <laughs> well, With amazing yeah. graphics. <laughs> you, I mean, they could make Far Cry... We didn't talk about this before, but they could make Far Cry Primal in <laughs> VR, right? Right. Yeah, sure. And there you go. You've got sort of VR Turok. But they don't have Far Cry, though, do they? Crytek, they have Crisis, right? Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Right. But I mean, you know, that's what I mean. Like, the, the, yeah. the Far Cry Primal is probably closer to being a Turok game. Yeah, probably. I'm calling that now. Uh, I think this was before this. There's a note I'm missing here, but Housemark 
have got a new game coming. Um, oh, yeah. Called Matterfall, and they just showed a CG trailer for it that basically tells you very little. It's yeah. just it's some like, dude shooting some enemies, and the enemies burst into crystals, a bit like how Rezo guns And they're like explodes. made of crystals. Yeah. Like they form out of blobs of crystals for some reason. But I, I, the only reason I bring it up is because I know House Mark have it in them to make a game slightly more interesting than Stardust and Rezo Gun, because technically it was them that made Outland. Mm. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of that game. I think it was real good. Um, so, you know, maybe moving back to having a dude means maybe that that team is making another side-scroller, maybe? Well, that is the question, because it's like that trailer was not... It, it's like, that trailer was basically in the style of a third-person action game, but that's not the games they make. So yeah. <laughs> was that just a trailer thing, or are they actually trying to make that game? Yeah, who, who knows? <laughs> if, yeah, Maybe they're making a Metroid. That would be awesome. Um. Yeah, make it make a Metroid like Metroid Prime because no one else has really attempted that. I don't think, <laughs> apart from Metroid, I guess. Uh, so yeah, could be interesting, but we know nothing. Uh, Gran Turismo Sport. Wow, you jumped a long way in there. No, did I? What's missing? Like five things. <laughs> okay, you you run then. Yeah. Well, there was. Horizon. I actually didn't find these interesting. <laughs> there was Horizon again. Oh, so, yeah. for a while. Yeah, and we... said it comes out in 2016. So well, <laughs> unspecific, but next year. I'm pretty sure we knew that anyway. <laughs> there was the Drive Club's bikes expansion, oh, where yeah. they're just like, oh, we'll just do what what Burnout did, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the thing, the difference this time is that if you if you want Drive Club but don't want cars, you can just buy the bike yeah. part of the game on its own. Which is weird in some ways. Mm. But Drive Club, still happening, yeah. apparently. Still a thing that has reason to exist. Maybe it did or better than they thought when it finally went free. Maybe. <laughs> because, you know, it was free. Then there was... Then there was... They went back to their VR thing for a minute. They went to the rigs again and had the fakest eSports demo you've ever seen. Well, I think I don't... I'm not sure I saw that, actually. Really? Yeah. It had really awful commentary, and they were playing the game, and it had, like, face cams of the players with their weird, like... Oh, well, where the, they the, highlight the, the zone VR where thing. the VR goggles are meant to be, and they oh, no, I saw faces. I saw, I saw, yeah, I saw the... Yeah, the, it's not real, is it? It's sort no. of fake. Sort of, yeah, I saw that. And it looks like... And they were trying, it's like it's showing the gameplay from the various players' perspective, and it's got this really bad commentary in esports style. But it's like, how does that game work? Because apparently, the way you score is you just jump through a hole, <laughs> and then you score. Basically, get your dude to a spot. Basically. Well, it's like there's a big ring in in the middle of the arena with like ramps that lead up to it, and apparently, all you have to do is just jump through it. And it seems like, how do you stop people? Because it just shows them scoring over and over. You shoot them, apparently, but no one ever does. Yeah, weird. So I was like, this is not a good demo of this at all. Well, it's just uh, at least it highlights that they might be going in a in a new direction, like trying a new idea for for a game. But it forced esports. Yeah, people never ever that. works, man. <laughs> It's terrible. You don't want your rigs to become the next Evolve. Well, that's maybe a different problem. <laughs> well, they went so hard on the esports thing, and it's like, regardless of how the game came out, it's like, it's not an esport. No one has ever treated it as such. No. Um, and then, continuing with VR, there was the walk, where apparently now we get VR movie tie-ins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realise it was a movie tie-in until uh, like, I was listening to the, the film podcast and stuff. Like, cause I, 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 you I, hadn't I, seen that film? What? No. Really? Yeah. It was on like normal television at some point quite recently. Was it? Okay. <laughs> That's why I saw it. 
Oh, really? I didn't realise, yeah, because they made a big deal of it being like it's actually a really good thing to go to the cinema and see in 3D IMAX. Well, yeah, I imagine it would be, which is why they're making VR now. Because they do the... the, Because they're looking off the top of the fucking World Trade Centre. exactly. What I found really interesting was watching people play that, like the setup they had, because they put a little bar on the floor... Um, well, for, for, for people to sort of try. I don't know and, if that was like raised at all or whether it was, it was just flat. No, it was very slightly. It was like right. a couple of inches off the ground. So it wasn't, um, you could feel it basically. Yeah, so you could feel it, and they made they made people try and tightrope across this so, little bar whilst so wearing the VR two, headset of them up on the skyscraper. There's <laughs> two films. Awesome. There's two films, Zach. Um, well, there's an the, older one. There's... Yeah, there's a documentary man, which is probably a lot better of the actual guy doing it. Yeah. That was probably the one on TV, right? Oh, and yeah. it's the recent The Walk, the uh, remake thing. Is a, well, it's a, or... Yeah, it's a drama. Oh, uh, I didn't realize it was two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So probably, the new one. probably watch the documentary because it's the actual dude. <laughs> yeah. Why would you, I guess, because it looks amazing and is awesome in 3D and stuff, but when you could just watch the actual dude doing it, the actual thing. I don't oh, know. It's like the, the actual one is old enough that it's recorded in shitty quality, so yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. you want the ridiculous visuals of the movie. But the, yeah, this one has the gimmick, as I said, of like doing it from, like in the movie, they actually do the walk from first person. Yeah. Like, right. And then VR it. Yeah. And then continuing with VR, for some reason, there's going to be something <laughs> in Tekken 7 that you can do in VR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just... It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's no different. Like pretty much any game, I think in, they could just put a VR mode on, right? So you could, if you wanted to, play it with your headset on. Yeah, what's like, that mean? Does that just mean you're looking at a 3D screen, basically? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, I bet that's what it that's is. No fun. No, but it's an obvious use of where that technology is going. What right? they should have done is make it so it. If they wanted to be lazy and not make something really ridiculous like first-person VR fighting, that would be that would be pretty nuts. They should have done like have it so that when you're in the VR, it, it's it, it's Tekken Seven running in an arcade cabinet. <laughs> yeah, because that would have been fun. <laughs> that would be quite crazy. So yeah, that was all their VR stuff. Then GT Sport. Then GT Sport. Yeah, which you know is 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 beginning to sound like. Well, it's it's probably going to be well, like one of these prologue versions of Gran Turismo for stars because either that or they're splitting the franchise off to be somewhat more focused. Like, so they have like a Forza style game where it's not about garages and jazz. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's about and and you know it's just about the racing, which I think is possibly a sensible move um, for the people that are just really off put by all that license getting funk. Mm. Um, and it will have VR support, of course, Imagine. because it should. Driving games with VR seems obvious. Uh, yeah. And then the Frenchiest French thing happened. <laughs> well, for GT Sport, my note just says, insufficient enthusiasm, ironic woo. <laughs> ironic woo. <laughs> well, they, they kind of, they did pitch it somewhat oddly in that it's like, they, you know, they didn't say like, oh, here's the game. Here's what we're doing. Look at some cars. It's, they were like, Hey, we're making another Grand Turismo, but we're working really closely with the FIA to do like um, competitions that mean that if you're good, you'll oh, yeah. get into real races, real, real world racing competitions. Yeah, which I've done before. Yeah, sort of. Um, with like the demos for GT4, I think they did. They ran that for a bit. Like, oh, hey, play this guy. Then if you get a good time, we'll actually let you do it for real yeah. and have a potential shot at becoming a, a real driver. Um, and that, which they have been doing for a while, like the GT Racing Academy, or yeah. whatever they call it, has been they've been doing this for a while. But now they're sort of trying to make it a bit more 
official, a bit more tied to whatever FIA actually stands for. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, Gran Turismo. And then the French. And then the French came on. So, Paris Games Week, you got to have some David Cage. Um, which is possibly the least sounding French name in the world. Wait, David Cage. Is this the opposite order from the way I had it written there? I don't know. Never mind. We'll do it. Do this one first. Quantic Dream are making another game. Yeah. Big surprise. (laughs) In a very French way called Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> this is stealing it from Giant Bomb a little bit, but I love the fact that they then went Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that might have been Giant Bomb actually. That might have been Cold. <laughs> that might have been then. That might have been game trailers. So Detroit. <laughs> but yeah, they brought back Kara because everyone likes that tech demo so much. <laughs> For no particular reason. And they're going to make a game about Android racism. Yeah, well, basically, fairly obvious topic, I guess. When they're on form, I like what Quantum Quantic Dream do. Like Heavy Rain was a great game. I really enjoyed that a lot. It has its problems, but like storytelling at the end, for instance, isn't that great. But um, but it was a cool concept and executed pretty good. Yeah, Beyond Two Souls, yeah, not, not so not so much, not so not so keen. And people seem quite positive about Indigo Prophecy uh, still. So, you know, there's a good chance of this being cool. And definitely, you know, all their tech is lovely. You know, this, this is a pretty, they, they, they very clearly said, all of this that we're showing you is running in engine on a PS4. And it's like, okay, that's pretty impressive. Show me more. Make a game. <laughs> They're not going to make a game. They're going to make one of their games. <laughs> yeah. Make an experience I can feel positive about. How about that? I wouldn't bet on the positive part. <laughs> you might end up quite depressed, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's distinctly true. possible. It is distinctly possible. Uh, and I think the last. Have you got any more before Wild? No, I had those two the other way round. So. Oh, okay, right. That might be true. Yeah, <laughs> that was the last thing. Uh, yeah. So the, the 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 yeah the last crazy game is Wild, where you are a shaven, possessing everything and anything to appease a snake lady. Apparently. You can ride a bear. Yep, that's the important part. You can possess a bunny rabbit. Not very important. You can deliver a snake from the sky. That was really unnecessary. It was really, it was like, it seemed like it was, because it's like you start in the thing where it's like, I'll save this woman because she's been poisoned by a snake or whatever. And so obviously it starts off and, you're, and it's like, okay, this is a weird French game, I guess, because he's like, oh, he's going to do the bird call and get the eagle and he's going to catch the snake. And at that point, it was like, well, you know, the snake and then you do some kind of anti-venom thing or something, whatever. But no, the eagle just carries the snake while he rides a bear into a bunch of cannibals, uses a bunny rabbit to go to some crows, get the crows to distract the cannibals, goes to the shrine, puts the snake on the shrine, and then it turns into a giant snake god. And it's like, okay, this is a bit more complicated than I thought. Yeah. We don't know what anti-venom is, so we need to get Snake God Lady to do some... It seems like a lot of hassle to magic. save one person. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you killed a lot of cannibals. Well, I don't did. know if you killed them, but yeah. Well, the bear did. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, that fucking eagle just carried that snake the entire goddamn time. Which yeah. was just like, could you have caught a snake that was a bit closer? Like, save that to the end. The, eagle, the cannibals probably wouldn't have cared, right? Couldn't the eagle have just delivered it to the snake lady? 
<laughs> you have to be there as well. Yeah, well yeah. yeah, but the eagle doesn't have to be flying the whole time, right? It could just have just landed and been all like... And the snake has escaped. You know, you have an eagle's there. But the eagle just sit there and wait yeah. for you to turn up. Sentry eagle. <laughs> yes. Paris <laughs> Games Week. That game looks pretty dumb. Yeah, like, well, it could be interesting, but yeah, it's a, it was a very weird thing to see. Um, so yeah, PS4 has some games coming it seems next year yeah next year of course uh horizon definitely seeming like the most interesting thing on the list but you know they didn't show us anymore which is why i didn't note it down it's just like it's it's a different fight it's still the same thing we showed before really yeah still looks kind of cool want to see where that game goes um i'm not sure much of that list really appeals to me to be honest but you know as it stands but we'll we'll at least they're so near getting out there saying, we've got games, guys. Don't panic. You don't have to just play Call of Duty here. <laughs> Speaking of which, this is my final bit of sort of news. Call of Duty came out, and judging by the responses to it, I haven't played it, um, but judging by uh, various video game outlets' responses, it's a pretty good one. We may have got it wrong. But it showed so badly. <laughs> they did. Know. I've seen some people saying it's not the greatest. Like, zombies are supposed to be the best. Well, I mean, the story is the like... zombies part always doesn't count. It's like, that's just like a separate game they pack into yeah. every other Call of Duty or something. But it's got Jeff Goldblum in it. Or something? Is it's got right? Jeff Goldblum in the zombies. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> and Ron Perlman. <laughs> Seriously? Oh, man. Yeah. And Heather Graham and someone else I can't remember. That sounds pretty hilarious. It's bonkers. It sounds like they've, yeah, they've made like a mini campaign out of it, but it sounds like it's still rock solid hard. So unless you have a good team mm. with you, it's kind of a not really going to be worth it for you in the same way that they were in the last two Black Ops games. But uh, it's crazy that they've gone to that length for it. Um, apparently the story is actually legitimately interesting, like goes to places you would not expect. Um even if the campaign structure is more traditional now, um, it has a sort of like a, like a number of missions open up and you can then sort of pretty much choose to tackle them in whatever order you want, but there is a recommended order for storytelling or something. Okay. Basically just, just say, Hey, unlock every mission. I don't care. If you do want. This one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but there is a sort of recommended way to play it. Um, yeah. And the multiplayer is apparently solid. Although like hearing from Kippers, as angry self, yep. Um, yeah, he's 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 not so keen. I don't think on the multiplayer side of it this time compared to the last one. Um, but I think they've actually simplified it in in sensible ways from the beta that we played earlier in the year. I've seen some people it's... complaining about the one thing that I saw when you were playing the the beta or whatever. Mm. Whereas, like the, the roofs that you can't jump onto, even though you totally could. Apparently that's oh, right. already annoying people. Where it's like, why can't I wall run here or get up there? And it's like, it was all. Why are there? Well, yeah, why are there these arbitrary limits? It's like, yeah, because map balance, and we couldn't. And we didn't have because we time. did design the map well enough to make it look like you couldn't. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I had some problems with that. That that one level in particular, where it's clear that you could reach some areas, but you guy just chooses not to. Yeah, yeah. There's always the risk when you go high mobility, though, in those games, right? It's what Titanfall actually ended up doing, doing really well. It's like, you can, you can kind of get everywhere. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. 
So we may have got that one wrong. I don't know if I should get it. No, I don't think you should. <laughs> You've got a Halo to play. Exactly. Maybe get, maybe get around really. to COD. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Further cements the fact that the uh, Infinity Ward ones are not the ones to care about. So this is a Treyarch one. Right. That's what so I mean. This is, you know, this is my top team in Peru. Yeah. This is now the top oh. team. Yeah. Yeah. But then, what isn't it? Yeah, Infinity Ward is technically next year. What are they going to do? Um, are they going to crap it up like ghosts or with realistic dogs? <laughs> and fish that, that actually get out Swim of your way. out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We, we put AI routines on the fish. <laughs> the question really is how many more. How many more years do they have in the future that they still work with? Because <laughs> they're totally oh, running out no. of options at this point. We thought they were running out of options like the last two. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Apparently even in this, and apparently in this one, it is set in the same timeline, but they don't really refer it back to Black Ops One and Two. You know, Black Ops Two was so was quite <laughs> yeah, tied into back to One. Well, no, it did quite a lot. It referred back to it, but not in ways that made very much sense. Where it's like, no. oh, let's just bring in the old guy because he's still here. <laughs> well, you, well, you do kind of play half the game in in. In the past, well, yes. So you know they they tied into it. This one refers somewhat to things in the past, but you know doesn't rely on it. Your computer just binged really loudly in my ears. I hope oh, that record. <laughs> doesn't look like it did, so we're probably okay. Probably did. <laughs> do, do you know what? What do you recognise that Bing? I don't know. It might have been the achievement Bing. Oh, was it Windows? Oh, it was a Windows Ten Bing. I don't, I'm not. Yeah, I might have to figure out how to turn those off while we record. <laughs> Windows Ten Bing. Not that thing. No, not that, <laughs> not that one. Not definitely not that thing. The big amount, yeah. That's all I got for news. Good. Cool. Let's move on to what you've been playing. Uh, Rob, what have you been playing? Hey. First time I've gone first in months. That's important. Halo 5 is pretty much all I have been playing since it came out. I really, really like this game. Really? Is it that good? What's going on I think it? it's got problems okay. because this is a review that I'm doing. Mm. <laughs> I can't be a hundred percent on it, but I'm. I, it drew me in much more than I thought it would. Um, it, it starts off kind of badly. I, like it didn't make the best first impression. Okay. Um, partly because like a couple of the the first couple of missions, there are sequences in it where stuff where combat happens, and I'm not playing it. Which isn't necessarily unusual for Halo, but it, it's done it fairly rarely. Yeah, um, you know, there's a, there's a whole ma- bit that was in the trailer. Actually, is the opening to the game, like where the four Spartans are coming down a snowy mountain, and all yeah, kinds of stuff is going on. And there's a cool sequence. It's like I want to be doing this, right? Because it's like it, where it actually starts is it just drops you in a. Even if it was a quick time sequence, I'd be kind of happy with that. It looks kind of, it would be awesome. But then it, like, where it actually starts is at the end of it, you just fall off a, off a bit of cliff and sort of you land in a sort of quiet clearing with a load of semi dead covenant. <laughs> and it's. And you start playing Halo at that point. Yeah, basically. <laughs> what you'd just seen happening. Yeah. yeah so they avoided, uh, they have avoided throughout the entire game actually any semblance of quick time events. So even that, that little bit that was in Halo 4 at the beginning and end. Uh, they've just they've yeah, that they haven't brought that back. Which right. I guess it's kind of makes kind of sense, even if it like perhaps takes away from. 
I'm okay with quick time events in the in the context of like, oh, this is a, a story moment, but we don't want to break you out of um being in first person or whatever. I'm kind of okay with with that existing. I didn't mind it in Halo Four, but you mm-hmm. know, I guess it it feels. I guess it's this is it's a bit more Halo weed to not do that. I guess. Um. So yeah, the reason why yeah that, that sort of struck me as kind of odd, and also some of the. Uh, some of the, con- the, the the payment, I suppose, they've had to put down in order for the game to run at sixty smoothly, yeah, is kind of immediately apparent. Really, um, okay. It's generally a good-looking game, but I find it surprising that it hasn't come up more often. Like just how they're achieving it. Um, like the LOD range is fairly close, uh, for instance. So you, the shadow popping in particular is pretty yeah. obvious. Okay. Um, as as the detail improves, um, uh, but the worst offender for me is it doesn't take very much distance before animation rates stop running at sixty. So oh, your favorite take... bugbear. Yeah. My my favorite problem. Yeah, the old, the old Bioshock problem. PC problem as well. Where yeah, the grenades doesn't... and stuff and the would be at thirty. I think it's purely character animations, but because that's what you're trying to shoot at all the time, and actually, like the safest way to the most effective way to play Halo is stay at range. Um, it's really obvious all the time, right? So, like, yeah, it took me a good few missions to basically just get over that. Like, I'm just sort of looking at it, going, "Why am I moving so smoothly, but these Prometheans are sort of jerking about?" And after a while, you start justifying it to yourself in that, well, okay, the Promotions are kind of weird-ass things. I can kind of forgive them for it. Yeah, I can kind of forgive them for it to some degree. Um, but then when you see the Covenant doing it, it's like, mm, no, sorry. Mm. I, mm, that cost perhaps is slightly too high for me. Right, it's way too high because they already lost cop. <laughs> Well, yeah, and they, they, yeah, they, they, you know, they dropped all split screen support because apparently running the game at sixty frames per second is core to that engine's design. So right. if it doesn't run at sixty like, thirty. It's core to the engine's design, yeah. apart from all these animations that are happening at thirty. That's like that's that's yeah. part of the engine, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure there are moments where things get very, very far away that the animation rate actually gets even lower. <laughs> Although I can't, I'm not sure about that, but I'm sure there are times where it looks much jerkier than even the even the 30 rate. Um, so maybe, yeah. I think that's a weird... If you're going to make a choice about LOD, that is a very strange choice to make. And maybe it has more impacts than I think it does. But, yeah. They obviously went with it, and I think it looks odd. And there are there are a couple of spots. Like the second mission in particular has some very notable cases of that texture is awful. <laughs> like, compared to the rest of the game, you'll walk up to it and be all like, Ugh, have I gone back 10 years? Um, but that's pretty much it. Visually, those are the mm. those are the problems. Everything else looks really good. The lighting is lovely um, in the sort of like that Halo 4 style sheen. They've just like up it and made it look nice. And there's an awful lot of stuff going on in the background, which I don't know, sometimes you barely have a chance to look at, but there's a lot of cool big things happening in the sky. Just, I guess, kind of a Halo thing now. Um, uh, the first level in particular has a ridiculous battle that just doesn't make any, doesn't really make a particular lot of sense. Just sort of happening off, off to the side of the cliffs. There are so many lasers in the sky, so many lasers, like more lasers than anyone would be actually shooting. <laughs> um, but it looks cool. 
Um, uh, yeah, so I, I don't. It, it, I think it st- starts off somewhat odd. Like, I don't mind okay. necessarily the fact that you play the majority of the game as Agent Locke. Actually, right, the Master okay. Chief has very little to do in this, but right. it's also the most interesting storyline. Okay. So do you start off um, as Locke? So you do, yeah. You, you, the first mission you play as Locke, the second mission you play as Master Chief, and then you'll probably play like four or five more missions as Locke, and then you'll get a Master Chief mission. So um, what's so... To what's summarize so... the ratio, there's about 16... There's 15 missions in the game. Three of them are Master Chief missions. Right. Okay. And three of them are walking around talking to people missions as Agent Locke. As in they don't have any combat? Zero or... combat. They are they are exposition only. Okay, which is okay actually. They're not as they they're, they're weird at first when you realise what's going on, but then it's just all right. Oh, you know what? Actually, okay, I'm kind of okay with this. It's world building, um, sort of stuff. Right. Um. You know, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I mean, it it does get a little bit distracting by the fact that they have added pointless collectibles, which I think needs to stop. Like so, the skulls were one thing. I'm okay with the skulls. They were kind of a draw because when you found them, they added stupid Something. stuff to the game. Yeah. Dumb stuff. Yeah. yeah. The rest of the world is now like every level has at least ten like audio logs in them, which come from various people. Sometimes you get like Promethean chatter. Some most of the time it will be Covenant grunts coming up with crazy theories. The grunts, the grunts seem to come across as especially stupid this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's one like trying to trying to do scientific research on on something halfway through the game, and you just come across this audio log, and it's just oh, it's the most cringeworthy thing in the world. And you're just like, oh god, the grunts are so stupid. Awesome. The, the, the chatter is still pretty funny in the middle of a middle of a fight and stuff, but but boy, yeah, I didn't realize they were they were such a dumbass race, <laughs> more so than normal. Uh. Yeah, I'm going all over the place with this. I'm not quite sure where it's. No, no, no. It is, it's, it, yeah, it is quite nice. It's still, the combat still feels like Halo, but the areas are much bigger now than um, in four. So less, or it, just in, or just, just in, in, general, in general, like okay, yeah. The, they, they've obviously designed. But is there anything um, as big as like the silent cartographer or like like a whole islands type thing? Or? Not as explorable as that. You know, you're mm. still effectively going from point A to B. Whereas in theory, with the silent cartographer, you could have just turned around at the start, you know, and explored the island in the opposite direction. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I suppose. Um, uh, but yeah, they, they haven't done that again, uh, and that's probably you know in a way that's probably the only time Halo's ever done that. Actually, the silent cartographer is kind of unique. Um, it's probably the best Halo level, I think. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, yeah, so the areas are much bigger. It's it's clear in places that they have taken the four-player co-op aspect into account at all times. Um, where that's at its worst, I mean, yeah, it's absolutely fine for single-player most of the time. It's like, yeah, the areas are bigger, but the enemies aren't so clever that they'll always be flanking you as soon as they realized oh that's the key player we have to destroy right they'd all just spread out and murder you um your ai friends are stupid and you can't rely on them to actually kill anything but the ai from the other team treats them with probably equal stupidity so they they do work as distractions and the um you know it balances out well um it feels like with those encounters with the bigger space that there are more enemies to kill as well and you know so encounters feel much grander um, 
not necessarily in a halo way. I mean, this is in a, in a way that whole this whole change of style does doesn't necessarily feel like a halo game. It feels like perhaps slightly edging towards that kind of Call of Duty style madness. Right. Um, it's less about the sort of careful pacing and you know hiding behind a rock and then popping yep. out at the right moment because there's just there's more going on. Right. You just have time. to get stuck in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a different feeling game, but it's it's still enough Halo to be on my good side. Uh, ultimately, um, I think there are some of those big areas that fall down a little bit because of the um, the size of them, especially the vehicle sections. The vehicle sections aren't very good. I mean, really? That, okay. I, mean, I well, at least I didn't enjoy them very much. It's like. Oh, this is a bit where I'm going to drive a tank, and it is just—it feels like it's just thrown in, right? Because they have to. Well, yeah, yeah. they—they've done that before. Like even in Halo Two, right? They just drop a tank on you and go, "Here's the tank section." Yeah, but it made more but sense because in that in that game, it's not mysteriously teleported in from nowhere. <laughs> Spoiler alert: Yes, there is one point where that happens. <laughs> um, but you just yeah, get just a like, vehicle. Here's, yeah, it's it is literally. I found this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, you can make use of it, can't you? And it's like, yeah, we can make use of that. <laughs> uh, yes, that, that that stuff happens towards the end of the game. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. The vehicle sections aren't much cop. Um, there's one flying section that's okay. Um, a little bit hard to get to grips with, but again, feels like it's been designed more for co-op play than, than single play. Um, and there's one particular recurring boss-type character that returns, when I say recurring, you fight him a lot. There's probably six or seven Fights encounters with this, one guy. Right. With, with this guy. Um, and he can only be effectively killed in the back, which means you're relying on your AI guys to try and distract him to give you a clean shot at the back of him, which is right. just unreliable and unpredictable. Yeah. And he is, even in, in heroic difficulty, he's a bit too powerful. Right. Like, one of one of his sword slashes will basically down you um, in one hit, and right. you're like, "Well," and yeah, and, and that, which then, yeah, it, it, I don't know. I, I think those encounters are dodgy. The first one in particular felt poor in single player, but I can see that if I had other players and we were laying the smackdown effectively from different directions, then it would have been absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, him and even hunters, actually hunters are much more reactive than they used to be. They're kind of impossible to fight on your own. You, you need them to be distracted um, so, you, so you can get a back shot in. Like, it plays somewhat into the new movement mechanics. Like, so you now have uh, a, a sort of boost dodge. Right. And it's impossible basically to avoid getting hit by a hunter unless you boost dodge. Like you can't just sort of circle scrape around them right. anymore. It's the only way to be fast enough to avoid Yeah, that. you've got to keep your distance. And they can charge up their fuel rod cannon pretty fast. And then like if it lands anywhere near you, it's insta-kill pretty much. Um, so they, those encounters get quite irritating. Mm. Um, hunters aren't as cool as they once were. Uh, it's, it's, it's just true. Like, you know, hunters were a neat thing in 1 and 2. And to, yeah. to a lesser extent in Reach, actually. I think Reach had a pretty good implementation of them. Yeah, um, it weren't bad in Reach, yeah. But yeah, in, in this they're just irritating and not a great deal of fun to fight. But in co-op, I'm sure they're fine. Um, yeah, but, so I think you know when you when you hit those points of the game, you're just like, oh, perhaps the 
perhaps the co-op decision wasn't the right route. So can you play co-op um, over the network? You can't play it at all. There is no. There's no split screen. Right. You can play it online. Right. But there's no co-op matchmaking. Right. So you can't play with randoms. You have to put a party together. Okay. Well, that's probably all right. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not sure I'd play co-op with randoms anyway. With randoms, unless I was yeah. doing a doing a score run or something like that. I don't know. It's not like you particularly have to. No. It'll be fine. Actually, thinking about it, you know, if you're not playing it for the story, you could probably co-op it just fine. But there's no real score attack or anything in the game now. They've removed all of that stuff. It seems. Right. Um, um, so yeah, uh, you know, and the story is very much a big setup for the last game in this. Trilogy. Oh right, okay, it's a middle so trilogy thing. Yeah, it has has the unfortunate side effect of um, there's a Big Bang episode where the guys discover that um, if Indiana Jones hadn't been in Raiders of the Lost Ark, the story would have played out in exactly the same way. It's a classic, really. Yeah, <laughs> this is that. <laughs> like if if Agent Locke and Master Chief hadn't been involved, the story would have still happened. It's because it's mostly based on Katana, right? Spoiler she's, alert! She's doing stuff. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. She's, you knew she was we, still we, around for the we, end of four. We, well, we knew she was in the game because Jen Taylor basically said she was. <laughs> well, yes, that. <laughs> so you know the fact that Cortana is involved is not a spoiler. Um, but she's just doing stuff. But she's doing stuff in like the virtual world, so you never actually. <laughs> It's not really the physical battle doesn't really matter that much. She's having an internet fight <laughs> in a way. Um, it, it, where the where it ends is interesting, but you kind of wish that something had happened earlier in the story. Actually, in in fairness, one of the more interesting parts of this game's plot is is and this is again not a spoiler because we know that you go there. Is there's a whole subplot of like three missions on San Helios. Hmm. Um, which has no real consequence to the main story, but is an interesting insight into what the hell is going on with the Covenant and um, the Arbiter. Um, it is actually kind of neat. It's well done. San Helios is a cool place. It's nice looking, um, but has no greater consequence, you know, to, okay. the, to the universe or the story they're ty- trying to tell. So it's, um yeah. So it's it's not the strongest the story. In fact, in fairness, in many ways, you could probably argue that this is the weakest its storytelling has ever been. Um, but it's all very well made. <laughs> it's like Bond all over again. Actually, in a weird way, it's a bit like Bond. Right, it, it all okay. makes sense. It's just that nothing of importance happens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot more, a lot of fun action, just like Bond. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time of it, and I think as the game goes on, the missions get better. And the game oh, feels good. better. Um, as I say, the first couple of missions, I was a little off-put by the style, but the co-opness of it and how it didn't feel quite right in single player. But then as it goes on, I think it gets a lot better. Cool. Um, it's a cool thing. Yeah. Um, single player alone is a cool thing. I've finished it. I've started it again in Legendary, having a good time. Um, but in a weird way, that is not the star- that is definitely not the star of the show. Because the multiplayer kicks ass. Really? Well, that's what we were wondering. It is so good. Really? Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm so into it. It's like it's. I don't know. It the 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 and and I got we I got this feeling from the beta and stuff like that that the mix of pushing Halo slightly in the Call of Duty direction, direction but keeping yeah, yeah. it 
but keeping it still feeling like Halo was absolutely the right thing to do because it feels modern, it feels fast, it feels exciting, uh, it feels balanced. Um, okay. To That's a point. Good. Actually, yeah. I, I feel like like using the Covenant weapons is probably a disadvantage most of the time. Right. Like, you know, if, if, for instance, using the Needler, I don't think I've ever really used the Needler in any context, either in single player and stuff like that, because it just takes too long for the needles to fly anywhere. Right. Like it makes it not quite. It doesn't take so many needles to cause a combine now, but in the same way, it's not quite the super weapon it once was. Yeah. Um, the pistol is is crazy effective. The battle rifle is effective. The DMR feels like it has a point, like compared to the the fact battle that rifle. both the battle rifle and DMR exists feels okay now. Okay, and the pistol. The DMR is uh, the, yeah. The DMR is effective at slightly longer range compared to the pistol and battle rifle, for instance. Right. That's cool. Um, yeah, everything it just, it just feels great. Feels good. I haven't had I haven't had really had a single problem with matchmaking or a single problem with how the game runs. That's amazing considering um, the the what how they screwed it up yeah, with the Master Chief collection. They've, they've really pulled it out of the bag. Like they obviously looked at that and said we cannot do this again. Okay. We have to get this right and they they have. It's they've made it it's, happen. It's satisfying in many, many ways. It's, yeah, I don't, I'm just having a really, really good time with it. It's, it's rekindled my love for Halo's multiplayer again. After multiplayer. Getting perhaps a little fresh, but after getting perhaps a little frustrated with it, going back to it in Master Chief Collection and realizing I now suck at it in a way that is really quite depressing. <laughs> right, going, going into this and not sucking and feel feeling good about it. It's, uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great feeling. Um, so the, the, the trick here is they split it into two disciplines almost. You've got your arena mode where everyone always starts on the same playing field. You know, it's always balanced. No power-ups, no real progression other than visual stuff. Um, yeah, you are who you are. You know, everyone everyone's even. Um, and they split that off into... I mean, in the moment, there's only a few playlists, but they're intelligently done in the sense that SWAT is there, but it's in a, its own bloody playlist. So, like, <laughs> you could never just, like, and the problem I had with Master Chief Collection is whenever I wanted to play a multiplayer Slayer game or something, SWAT was always one of the bloody options, and so everyone picked it. So if right. you don't like it, just don't play in the SWAT playlist. Like, the Great. normal Slayer list is, is fantastic. You can avoid um, the SWAT. That's cool. Yeah. Or um, just go and all actually, SWAT, even if they did integrate SWAT into those playlists, they've got rid of voting, um, which I'm okay with. Um you, you don't stay in a lobby now. Like they've gone for the full on Halo 2 style. You join a game, you play your game, you're booted out, and it reconnects you to new players. Um, so there's, there's no voting system. It does mean occasionally you'll end up perhaps playing the same level a few times in a row, um, depending on whatever level the server picks. Um, but I don't care because it means it's always varied. And it means, no, it, it means the community can't push it in the direction that I disagree with. <laughs> you know, which which happens a lot, or has happened a lot in the previous Halo games, and it's a, uh, I like it. I'm really enjoying it. Um, there's a there's a the SWAT playlist actually does have, um, a mode that I was super keen on back in the Halo Two days, um, which they've called SWAT Nums. Actually, that basically means like it's the high lethality SWAT style gameplay, like no shields, headshots, or insta kill stuff. But it's pistols only. Ugh. And it's hella fun. 
Awesome. They've got some good variety in their uh, modes then. Yeah. I mean, it, there's only one level I've come across. The levels are well designed as well, apart from one, which I really dislike. Um, it's called The Rig, and it's basically a very small, very tight um, uh, oil rig-based level with a giant hole in the middle um, that I think is way too small, basically. They're like, there's something way too open. Like There are too many sight lines. People can just creep up on you from anywhere. Like it, it, Strategizing on that level is practically impossible. The only time that level actually works is when there are focused battlegrounds as a result of the Stronghold's game type just basically a variant on Call of Duty's domination, where it's like you've got to cap these points and hold them. Um, if you have more points than the other team, you're scoring points. Uh, that's all that is, but that makes that level bearable, at least. At all other times, it's a shit show. I really don't like it. But all the other maps are absolutely fine. Um, even if they do favour a sort of more industrial, indoor feel, there aren't many that are like outdoor style stuff um but right okay. like I, I think I, blood gulch type thing yeah i think i'd have liked a bit more variety in where the levels are actually set mm. but um but and this leads on to the probably the best thing um they have that there'll be no such thing as map packs in in halo 5 they'll Every, just add them for everyone will they yep all, oh, all multiplayer good. improvements and updates are going to be totally free that's what and everyone will get them that's great. Um, really good. It's a hell of, it's a great move, which means they're doubling down on making money out of Warzone. Right. So Warzone is the new game mode that is bonkers. Okay. Um it's the biggest multiplayer that Halo's had. It's uh I think it's twenty four players, so twelve on twelve. Right. The biggest is it? Big team battle was that big, wasn't it? Big team was eight on eight, I think. I thought it went up to twelve. Maybe it did, yeah. I don't know. So it's, it's 24 players, uh, 12 on 12, and they're longer matches. So typically they last about 20 minutes. Um, but the map is big. And uh, yeah, the objectives are, are interesting. So there are multiple ways of winning. Um, it's the first team to either score a 1,000 points, and you can score points by either killing enemies or killing boss characters that are NPCs that spawn around the world, okay. um, some of which can be really tough. And those are sort of randomized each game. So sometimes you might get a Baron, which would be like a Covenant Elite Banshee pilot or something, or uh, 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 or every now and then you'll get like sort of like super heavy knights of the Prometheans spawn in. And towards the end, these will get harder as the game goes on uh, and worth more points as the game goes on. Um, so that's that's and it's the first team to score a thousand points will win. The alternative is, is there are three bases on the level, and if one team manages to gain control of all three, then the enemy core is exposed, and you can start doing damage to it and win the game through a core destruction. I've never seen that happen so far. That seems really hard um, to achieve. Um, although, generally, the team that <laughs> is winning all the points also tends to be the team that has the most score. So, like, the two things don't necessarily work opposite each other um but it does those two different approaches does mean you can carve perhaps a role for yourself in this mode being all like oh okay i want to go i want to go kill the npcs and score points that way rather than getting involved too much in the base combat right um so where the money aspect comes in like i said before is that one of the things halo now has is the idea of requisitions and this basically plays out like a collectible card game 
Um, so over time, you end up earning a currency, which you can then use to open packs. Those packs will mostly contain weapon drops and stuff like that, which you can then call into play during Warzone. So when you spawn, you basically say, oh, I've got access to level three and my energy meter is currently high enough to allow me to pay for that. I'll, I'll spawn in a rail gun this life, okay. um, which, which burns one of your cards in, in your deck, which is infinite size. You don't have to pick what cards you're bringing to the battle beforehand. Um, it burns one of your cards, burns your energy, so you can't use another one immediately. You have to build up some energy for the next time you pull in a card. Right. Um, uh, and then you get it for that life. Um, but you could die so instantly thing, or something. You could die yeah. instantly and lose yeah, and lose it. Um, your weapon gets dropped on the field, so your enemy could then pick it up and use it against you. Oh, no. Um, and this also applies to vehicles. You could burn... You have to, to get vehicles in this mode, you have to burn a vehicle card. Right. Um, and that could be anything from the, the, the super cheap mongooses all the way up to the mega expensive tanks, which are only available at the end of the game. Right. Um, uh, so it creates a weird... This is where I think that mode sort of falls down and that I think it would be better if it was somehow not card-based because it then creates the weird sort of strategy. Oh, do I really want to burn my cards? Do I really want to waste them and not have them again if things go wrong? If you're being already being beaten, for instance, it's like, oh, do I want to waste my cards trying to turn this around? Right. Or do I not believe in my team? <laughs> you know, um, it creates an extra layer that I'm not sure I find welcome. Okay. Um, in the Halo experience, is that I think that game type would be better without them. But obviously, the micro obviously they're That's not the free for microtransactions. Yeah. You could buy packs for real money. Um, honestly, I don't think they're worth it. Like, not even remotely worth it from the stuff okay. you get in them. Um, like, it's like a couple of quid for a gold pack. Um, but that might, and those are guaranteed to contain two permanent unlocks. But those permanent unlocks could be anything from a new emblem for your gamer card or whatever during the matches. Right up to variants of weapons or just weapon skins or a new helmet, say. Or maybe it will be the ability to... You have to earn, like... I forget what they call it. It's like you basically have to have certifications. That's what they call them. You have to get the certification card first for a particular type of weapon or vehicle before you can get the cards... Oh, right. That you can burn. burn for them. Yeah. So I don't have, for instance, I don't have any of the tank certifications yet. So I'm never going to get tank cards until that drops. Um, and I've been playing for quite a while, and I still haven't had those. I can pretty much drive ghosts and warthogs, and that's it. Um, I can steal them <laughs> and right. drive them that way, but I can't call them in myself. It's a shame so, you can't earn the uh, earn the ability to get them from dri- driving stolen ones. That'd be quite good if you could. Yeah, that would be kind of you mean. know, and earn your certification uh, with a certain amount of time spent in stolen. Science. Yeah, I, I can't help but think right that the game would be better if, like, you know, one team had to earn the ability to get a tank at some point or something. Like, there had to be some objective to achieve, and it's like, okay, yeah, you can call in a tank at this point now, um, rather than relying on players having cards and having to burn them. And it's right. I don't know. It's a bit odd, but if it pays for free arena, then whatever. Yeah, <laughs> if, it plays, play that. if it plays, yeah, if it plays for free arena updates, then fine. It's it's interesting, but I'm not sure it quite fulfills its potential. Um, it'd be interesting to see where they go with it because mm. they've they've already said that Warzone is going to get updates as well. Um, they're going to add new maps and new stuff, and yeah, 
in in some ways it's the most halo the multiplayer could be but <laughs> because it's got right. a bit of everything and they're big environments they're outdoors um but in some aspects it's like it's somewhat ruined by its structure mm. um I can see that but yeah so halo 5 big fan <laughs> yeah it was worth the hype the hype is real but you can't although, play through it in co-op in split screen with Zach. Yeah, that is gonna be that is gonna ruin its longevity mm. with us. Like the number of times Zach and I have gone back and played old Halo games now is is, is frankly ridiculous. Well at least twice for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um and this game will never be able to do unless I buy another Xbox, which seems to be overkill. <laughs> or if Zach bought an Xbox. Which he'll <laughs> never that's do. Even less likely. And you yeah. too, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the long, the longevity is somewhat screwed. I think as a result, yeah, um, which is ironic. You know, the the one campaign that is purely designed for co-op, or more purely designed for co-op, is the one we can't play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's a little disappointing. But hopefully, the, the multiplayer will have enough legs with me to make me not care. So yeah, or maybe so, they'll yeah. do another like maybe they'll do another re-release later. It's like, oh yeah, we added split screen. <laughs> that would be good. That, that would be good. Yeah. It's unlikely. Ten though. years, ten years down the line, they'll add split screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once we're all oh, using Oculus Rifts <laughs> instead of you monitors. Record it. Well, I can tell you that the dings are in fact Windows ten notifications. Got that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for about your ears. Uh, and that's all. Admittedly, I've gone on for a long, long while. I know, but it's a big release, and that's yep. what I've been playing. And that's Halo. <laughs> so Great, done. sweet. Moving on to Zachary Burgess. Woo! What you have? Well, playing been. Yep. What have you playing been? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not December yet. You save that for when it, when the film actually comes out. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, that was a after okay, yes, it was. Yeah, <laughs> There's not going to be any Yoda in it, so no, there isn't. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> I hope not. Anyway, well, I don't know. He could still be a ghost. Yeah, you could yeah, have ghost that's Yoda. True. That's true. Ghost. They kind of, they, Yoda. Yoda. <laughs> they really went a long way to ruining Yoda with the prequels and every, all of the cartoons and everything. Like, it's I'm okay with prequel Yoda. Prequel Yoda is terrible. Oh my god. Anyway, never mind. Anyway. Around the survivors, a perimeter creates. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that. Um, anyway. there's, a, there's a theory going around that Jar Jar Binks is actually the cause of all the evil. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, a yeah. classic theory, isn't it? I love that. I only recently discovered it, sort of recently. It's, like, it's actually, not even a theory, though, is it? Because he literally votes for the thing in the Senate that causes the downfall. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's not a theory. That's just what happens. No, but he's like the, the the theory is like, oh, from that we can. If you go back through the prequels, it's like actually he's kind of been evil all along. <laughs> it's all been a ruse. Mm. He has like Jedi jumps. <laughs> Video games. Yes. So after last time's podcast, where I was trying to install Sarsis and, and it didn't oh, yeah. happen, I did actually manage to get in for like an hour once I got home immediately after that podcast. Well, not immediately. The night of after that podcast. Mm. So I went in there and played the fl- flight tutorial, which apparently, supposedly, the flight tutorial is actually quite outdated. And the, the person I was talking to about it was surprised that I could actually complete it. No worries. 
Like apparently it's like slides like the tutorial is maybe slightly broken for how the game actually works now because they haven't updated the actual tutorial scenario or whatever. They've updated the physics but not the yeah. coding to the tutorial. But apparently I got for it. <laughs> okay, so that was fine. And yeah, I mean I was playing with the mouse because I couldn't be bothered to dig out my joystick at that time of night, so mm. <laughs> that felt weird because there was like mouse acceleration was quite severe. Right. But I managed it well enough. But yeah, I mean that game as it says at the moment, is base, like what you'd expect from a space flying game, I guess, in the vein of like X-Wing Does it feel stuff. like Wing Commander? I don't know. I didn't play Wing Commander. No, so I can't but really compare that. You, kind, it, you kind of think it would because you know, it's the same guy. Well, yeah, you kind of think. But it has all the stuff that you'd expect from like X-Wing and stuff. So like divert power. the power between your different systems and yeah. divert your shield strength to the different areas of your shield. Yeah, that was always a, yeah, that was always a Wing Commander thing. Like, do I want my front shields? And then... Like in the, in the tutorial, it's like your your ship has two different types of guns. It has like projectile and plasma, and then so that creates two different lead marks on your rescue because they fly, fly fire at different speeds. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that used to be my like my my comedy loadout in Wing Commander Four, I think it was, which I used to play quite a bit of. Um, well, I'd have yeah, I'd have both lasers and the weird mass driver guns fixed at the same time, and of course they flew at wildly different rates. <laughs> So yeah, your your HUD then became a bit of a mess because it would put all different gun rates on it. Luckily, it's not too complicated when it's just like two dots. Although it doesn't really, it doesn't distinguish which dot is which. So you basically just have to fire at one of them, and if you don't hit, it's like oh, it's the other one. Yeah, right. <laughs> which is slightly inconvenient. Uh, but the one it showed just one for the one you've got equipped. No, it? because they're both active at the same time. Oh. And you just press a different fire button. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> That makes a bit more sense than my mash driver combo. Yes, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Just have everything turned on. But then the one thing that it had, which I wasn't expecting, which is sort of weird in a in a space game, is it has G-Force. So like you can black out if you pull hard maneuvers. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Which is weird yeah. for a space game. Mm. Like I guess they haven't solved it in this universe. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. They haven't got the inertial dampeners going. Although I do wonder what's, how that's going to work with the big ships. No G diffusers. Like where they have internal structure and they, by the looks of it, have internal gravity of some kind. Like you can walk around mm. inside the ships. Right. So maybe it's just like the fighter, like the smaller the ship is, it can't have the artificial gravity or whatever. Makes sense. Probably. So they have the G-force problem. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. But yeah. And it's like... Yeah, Weirdly, it has like there's a system in the ship that basically locks your turn rate to prevent you from passing out. But like you can turn that off. You can override <laughs> oh, cool. it right, for advantage, right? Yeah. So presumably, it has like a safety margin. So if you turn it off, you can go into that margin, mm. but risk actually passing out. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of cool. I like the detail there. I like the stupid detail. Yeah. The sort of risk reward of it. And it also has a couple of other things which I didn't totally understand to do with like. modes for your ship like uh there's one where you can switch you can switch the thrusters to like work independently of the turning rate thrusters or something so basically it makes you power slide when you turn right like you turn faster than the engines thrust you back in the direction you're facing sure so it's like power sliding in space okay and then there's the the one that i did understand where there's basically a boost button that you have where it, it has the dumb explanation where it, like, it scoops gases out of space and then that how, that's how it recharges the boost during flight. Right, so like, it's a, like a, boost, a boost bar. That, 
Yeah, a boost bar that, that you can use occasionally. And then recharge sure, sure, you could time. just explain that with capacitance. Yeah, that option. would be the other way. Yeah. But the weird thing about that boost bar is it's not like it's not like a literal boost. It just it doesn't boost your top speed. It boosts like your acceleration, but that applies to all your engines, including turning thrusters. So if you're oh, holding wow. down the boost button, you can turn faster. That's cool. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. That sounds like some, like they're, they're trying to do some neat, different things with just the flight combat, at least. Yeah. Is there much of a game surrounding the mechanics? Well, I didn't to see any of that. Okay. It was like, I just did that tutorial, mm. got through the... And then at the end you eject and your ship blows up. Which hey. is nice. <laughs> You've already got to eject. Is it a nice explosion? I didn't really see because I was looking forward and the ship was down there. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it has, it has like... You, you know, made me want to suddenly play some Titanfall. It's probably going to... Just because of ejecting. <laughs> It's probably going to be fine for VR because it's like when you get when you when you're in the dock and you're climbing into the ship, it does the whole sequence where it's like pull the pull the cockpit down and you push some random buttons in your in your cockpit while you're turning the ship on. Still nice. And it has like a la- ladder on the side of the ship that casually folds up and stuff. Oh, cool! And like, there's another ship that's not used in the tutorial. I, f- I assume it's just like the one it gave to the alpha accounts, like the free ship or whatever. Right. But it's in the dock area where you can just walk around and look at it but you can get into it as well and it has a weird like the cockpit at the front is sort of a sort of semi flattened sphere type arrangement of glass and it like opens down the bottom mm-hmm. so you stand below the ship and push the button and it like folds downwards in front of you and then you like lie down on this flat seat so you're basically lying down facing forwards in that type of cockpit okay yeah so yeah, that has a whole sequence where you, like you climb onto the thing and then it flips back up into the. Oh, you mean a little bit like banshees? Yeah, sort of like banshees, mm. but where the banshee you're not being grabbed. No by the banshee. <laughs> like... So yeah, it's, you know they've done some fancy stuff, and then, you know they've started showing some of the bigger ships as well and walking around in them to some extent, but not in the stuff that I played. Mm. So yeah, I messed with that bit, and it was it it was a space game, so <laughs> maybe that bit works okay. But maybe that tutorial was also out of date. Who knows? Star Citizen. Yep. So there was we'll, that. We'll never see that game. No. And then I deleted that 30 gigs. <laughs> <laughs> 30 yeah. gigs of tutorial. Yeah. Yep. 30 gigs of that one thing. Um, what else? Uh, there was the next update for Dirt Rally happened. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Modern, modern Masters. No tracks this time, just cars and some more physics updates for some of the cars. Oh, okay. Which has made Group B even more ridiculous. Right. <laughs> what, difficult or...? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. I think the main thing from what I what they said and what I read about the physics updates, because they haven't been very specific about it, which is kind of awkward. And also, they still haven't fixed the force feedback for it, so everything still no. feels quite light. Okay. But the main thing that I... I think the reason why it feels light and one of the main things they changed is they've sort of just universally reduced downforce on all the cars. Okay. So, like, it feels light because it is... So the like, dr- but actually, all, the, all the cars are actually drifty. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's most noticeable on, like, the tarmac <laughs> stages. It's a lot easier to just lose your grip and lock everything up and slide off. I still find slightly bizarre. Like, it's still tar- I, Like, all the Codemasters games, I've always felt the grip on tarmac has never quite felt right. <laughs> it's probably it's like it's like because you're sliding all the time in like Code Masters physics it's like well yeah it started to seem like that a bit in some of the cars I mean I, I certainly feel it sliding a lot more 
mm. even on like shallower corners, you're having to like caref- be careful with it, yeah. like apply the power in a certain way to make sure you're not overspinning. It sounds like they're making it more like classic, like Codemasters rally games, like because they it's dirt, but they've moved in this direction of everything being a bit faster, a bit grippier. Mm. Um, by lightening everything, oh, yeah, maybe maybe the power slide is back. <laughs> maybe. So yeah, I tried a very small amount of the Group B because I wanted to see how different that was, and it was fucking impossible. So I was like, <laughs> but then I haven't driven the Group B stuff for ages, so I'm not used to it, which was part of the problem. Mm. <laughs> so, and also, I, I was driving my the Group B car I have that's fully upgraded, of course, which doesn't that just makes it also even more ridiculous. So are there groups where all the cars have been? Redone. Yeah, most okay. of them have been redone now. Okay. There's just a few more that still yeah. haven't. I was thinking, I, I was on the verge of going back to it actually recently, just with a controller until the, well, well, until the force like, feedback fixes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know, I know I always said, like, I'll, I'll go back to it when, when I get, when, well, when it's done and, One I more get, and, and I get my new PC, but I did, like, the temptation's getting strong. Yeah. We can set up a league. We can have time trials against each other. The Happy Salad League. Oh, yeah. That'd be, be fun. Good. But, so the other thing that was in this pack was those cars. And the important thing is there's now a Lancer. Yes! Yes! It's only the Lancer 10, though, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 9 and 8 were better. Is it still red and white? One of them is. It has the AMD branded one. So okay. like the black yeah. and red, really, not white. Mm. Because the 10 was when they changed that to have oh. the black instead of white. Oh, man, they need whatever that Lancer is. The Lancer 4, I think. <laughs> We'll have to five. Yeah, seven or eight, wasn't it? Seven or eight. Yeah, I think seven, eight, and nine were the better ones. Ten was where it starts to get kind of. The fives are the classics, though. Yeah. But I drove it and it's like, it feels different. Yeah, I mean, it's in this separate class with like, I think it's in the same class as the Citroën they put in as well. It's like, it's not the 2000s, it's like the middle, it's like between Group A and the 2000s, I guess. Right, yeah. It's that weird middle period. One of the focus. Yeah, with one of the focuses. Yeah. So yeah, it feels distinctly heavy and kind of slow, but that's actually kind of nice because it's kind of, it's like more manageable. And because it, <laughs> I think it's just easier to control the long cars anyway, like the like the Lancer and the Subaru. Mm. They don't. They don't. They seem to be. I mean, don't it's just their fans. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a good. That's a tip. Don't really tip. Drive long cars. Well, the Subaru was always easy. The first Subaru they put in the Group A, that was, like, weirdly easy. <laughs> so, yeah, I drove that, and, yeah, I didn't try any of the other ones, like the Citroen and stuff. I was just going back to... Because the trouble was, in the last patch, I'd purchased... Stop dinging windows! <laughs> I'd purchased the <laughs> Ford Focus. No, was it the Focus or was it the Fiesta? I don't remember. One of them. I purchased the one they put in with the Finland update. Because okay. it was either that or another Subaru, and I was like, well, I'll take that one. But then I had played it enough to finish upgrading that, so I was halfway through a championship and stuff, and I was like, well, fuck it, I guess I'll go back to that. Drive that around. I've nearly finished that championship. I'd set up a half-length Masters championship, so it's only six stages per rally. So I did most of that, apart from Finland, which is the last one. So yeah, <laughs> got that to do. Crash a lot. Probably. And is is one presumably version one's going to include soft verges everywhere then? Or is I don't know, they still running out of updates. They still haven't mentioned anything about that really, because I mean, in theory the soft verge thing is 
tied to the snowbanks for Sweden, which is sure. the next patch. Yeah, but then they'd have to go back and do it all. Yeah, they? then if they want to report that back into the other levels. So version 1 might be the non-early access version of the game, but there's a good chance we might see updates, well, you, plenty of updates. At this point, come. you're sort of hoping so. Because, yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense that that will be the point where things will generally be finished. Mm. Like... The, like, especially like the <laughs> physics that they're still tweaking but then soft verge is a part of physics if you ask me well yeah I mean it's still a problem I, the trouble is soft verges is different from impact physics and they have been sort of suggesting that they might want to actually go back to the physics of the like damage model which I oh, guess right. sort of includes impact damage mm. if they have to change that but I don't know because soft verges is when the when they say soft verges, I'm thinking of the gravel piles at the side of Wales, yeah, like those, but yeah. not the like embankments. No, that makes sense because yeah. the embankments—they're just mud, right? Yeah, it's going to be solid. Well, sort of, but not as solid as they are. Like there could be an opportunity to improve the physics on those, because you know what happens is you clip them and then you just uh, ping yeah, over. Yeah, you, you flip. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas in reality, even if it's a solid bank, you dig in and spin out into them, don't you? A little bit, yeah. But yeah, it does depend on how hard they are. Yeah. So yeah, that still remains to be seen what they actually do with the physics for that last patch, which will be at the end of this month, presumably. Is it? Okay. Well... I mean, this last patch was at the start of this month where it was meant to be in. It's like they sort of slipped a week further into yeah. the month each time. So right. Even they've still got stuff to do, do you reckon they'll, they'll call it a 0.95 maybe and just sort of eke this out? And like, Or is one actually going to be, yeah, this is out, out? Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking one might, they might just go with one. So when is that due then? The out, out, do you think? The one? It's due to at the end of this month so right. probably the first week of December mm. <laughs> theoretically <laughs> and then they'll do a campaign saying there's a new game buy it on Steam or something will they take yeah, it out of the early access and stuff yeah yeah it's, it's, it'll, it'll swap to now available it's been on the front page of Steam quite a lot just for being in the major updates box <laughs> right oh yeah sure yeah, maybe that's part of it update, yeah. Yeah. that's quite clever and and of course it's always been on discount through early access. Yeah. Even though the actual price has also gone up as well. Yeah, I noticed that. The sort of base price for the game has increased over time. Yeah. I mean they said it would, so Yeah. It was really interesting what I thought, I thought the, they um... were just gonna reduce the discount, like rather no. than... <laughs> Um in the Double Fine documentary it was interesting how they talk about how important it is to be on that on that front page of Steam. On that yeah. box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there was that. Uh, what else? I played quite a lot more Minecraft. Casually did some more. The, the thing that I knew was going to happen happened where I was playing that Skyblock thing, which was that big mess of mods and the Skyblock challenge yeah, yeah. and doing, yeah. doing all that. But there came a point where I was just like, I just want to play these mods in a regular world, but like only some of them. So I ended up doing that. Like I re- made a new, made a separate install got the specific mods out of that huge list that I thought were cool and interesting, and they just started in a regular world. Right. <laughs> and it was like, let's play these mods properly, with an actual world to stand on. Although not, strictly speaking, I guess I didn't even do that, because I also downloaded a mod that changed world generation, and I think I finally found 
I hope this mod gets updated into the current version of Minecraft at some point because it's only for this slightly older version. But it's a really awesome like terrain generation algorithm that they, that someone made. Where it's like, thank God, finally, like semi logical worlds for Minecraft that mm-hmm. like look look less like they're generated by a random generator. Right. <laughs> it has like nice smooth curves and nice proper mountains and actual forests and stuff, and, and with like ex- a lot of extra scenery generated from the same stuff like there's fallen trees like it just puts logs that are horizontal instead oh, of vertical okay. and like rock like boulders hmm. that are just randomly strewn around yes, that's and the different environments are like and the transition is a bit smoother like it blends it a bit better hmm. it still can be like between a desert and a snowy area <laughs> okay right <laughs> sometimes there isn't necessarily the rule to say yeah you kind of have to separate these with temperance yeah but it's like it's a bit of a smoother transition, so it's actually quite a nice terrain generator. Although it does sort of, it's a it looks nice, but there are certain things where it changes the balance slightly. Like a lot of the random rocks you get in pine forests are made of mossy cobblestone, which is usually quite a rare thing. So if you happen to need mossy cobblestone for any of these mods, it's like now you don't have to. Now yeah. it's quite common; you can just yeah. go outside and mine it. It's not so rare. Yeah. But yeah, it's a pretty neat thing. Makes everything look nice. Gives you some nice places to build, I guess. And mainly, it's mainly just one of the things that I like most about it is I'm not sure whether it's actually an effect of this train generation or whether it's sort of just a coincidence to like to do with how it does this train generation. But it seems to get rid of a lot of surface cave entrances. Like there's a lot less just random holes all over the landscape. Yeah, okay. It just makes everything look nicer. <laughs> Like, oh, nice smooth terrain. But you have to find the caves. Well, I mean, inevitably what you do in Minecraft is just dig a hole straight down with a staircase and then <laughs> any caves you intersect, you spread out from there. Build <laughs> a shaft. Yep, pretty much. So yeah, I did some building and messing around with these mods again. That was Minecraft. Um... I can't remember what else I played. I'm fairly sure there was at least one other thing, but I don't played some Rocket League. Yeah, played some Rocket League. I'm, you know, continuing. I'm up to bronze three in solo now. Oh wow! Okay, cool. <laughs> well, I don't think I might go much higher than that. I might just get into whatever's after bronze three. Which I, take... I might get to silver one. I think is next after bronze okay, three. Yeah. Just take a friggin' age to rank up. Yeah. Yeah. And. Although that maybe that hang on, maybe that's the thing to be slightly questionable about in the in Halo's ranking system. Apparently, in one of the playlists I'm a platinum. <laughs> there's, only, there's only like diamond and onyx above that. <laughs> it's... Okay. Yeah. And I also very briefly went into Team Fortress because I just wanted to play some Team Fortress, but I didn't realise it was in the middle of the Halloween. Halloween, thing, of course. Yeah. yeah, of course. Which is like all the you. biggest Halloween things put together, isn't it, or something? Well, yeah, because they didn't make anything new. <laughs> well, technically they did. They made the Halloween-based contracts for their contract oh, for the play unlocking all that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I didn't play any of the Halloween maps anyway. I just went to... Although what they did change related to that is every time you kill someone, it, like, absorbs the soul into into the contract thing. Ugh. Like, one of the things is, like, you have kill people to 
get these souls to complete the contracts or whatever. But that just creates a really annoying sound every time you kill someone. <laughs> it's like this mis- like weird whistly ghost noise where it's like <laughs> every time you kill someone. And I'm like, stop oh, doing that. <laughs> so they, they, they make dank fortress. Yeah. It's annoying. Dank souls. So yeah, there was that. And I guess I did play some more of that Dungeon Defenders. Grinded some more of those. <laughs> Saw every level now. And did some stuff. It didn't turn out to be any more interesting than it looked like. Like, I discovered what the thing with those different types of towers was, and it's not really... Okay. It's like, a, it, when you get to the, like, level 50, you unlock the capability to switch to these other types of towers on your main tower. So you still only basically have one <laughs> actual tower for right, most right. of the characters. Okay. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, this point. And I guess that was it. How's Metal Gear doing? Metal Gear is good. Um, still plodding along. Going quite slowly because I'm doing all these side ops and stuff, but at least I got some to some story stuff. Like um, I've met the Metal Gear of the game. Then there actually is one. There is, yeah. It's called... Well, I'm kind of, so I've seen, I think I've seen a cutscene of it. Yeah, yeah. It's in, surprised. Exactly. But it's got a dumb name. It's called Sahalanthropus. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, that's a mouthful. Yeah, well, I think that I, I was I tried to look it up on Wikipedia, and like Sahelanthropus is like uh, an early hominid, but I don't think it's ne- actually like the game seems to think that it's like the first step to walking upright or what a bipedal like walking compared right. to like uh, um, earlier apes or something. But Wikipedia seems to think that it's not necessarily that even connected to our line that that that, hom- that yeah, hominid. Interesting. So I don't really know. But that seems to be the game's idea is that it's called that because it's the first the first weapon system to walk upright. And for some reason that's yeah, but... incredibly important <laughs> to Metal Gear, oh, so the fact so... that they walk. So what is Zeke? Like, so Zeke... Zeke walk? Yeah, that's a good question. Because I think the idea was that the Peace Walker stuff didn't really walk properly. And certainly not the Metal Gear Solid 3 thing uh, obviously didn't walk at all and didn't have legs. Um, the Shagahoth or Hod or whatever the hell that thing was called. I, I think it's literally no called idea. Shagahod. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, some hot shagging. But yeah, Zeke. Like from the hot shots shagging, I've seen, so. it looks exactly like Rex. So except like year, like tens of years in the p- beforehand, and maybe a bit smaller. So I don't really understand that. But the but Sahelanthropus seems to stand more upright. Then Rex seems to be kind of squatted over, right? Uh, um, like the one yeah, from Metal Gear Solid One, yeah. um, whereas Sahelanthropus seems to like stand pretty tall, sort of Godzilla style, um, or whatever. Oh. Um, so maybe that's the difference. I still don't see why walking is useful, <laughs> really. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I can cl- well if you're big and you're walking. Then yeah. I can climb more different types of terrain, maybe than a I tank. Guess. So I guess I don't I'll have see. To worry about steps because I can walk up them. Yeah, I guess it's more all terrain, kind of like Star Wars style. But I don't know. I guess that's the idea in Afghanistan or wherever it can stomp over stuff. But it doesn't. Um, this one doesn't have, as far as I know, a nuke launcher, which seems to be the other key element of Metal Gear. Um, so I don't, whereas I think Zeke did have nuclear capability. 
Yes, because that was why yeah. they hid it under the sea. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I don't know what makes this one special compared to Zeke. It seems like a cut-down, smaller one without the nuke launcher, which seems to be... But it stands more upright, so maybe that's it. I don't know. Anyway, the mission was fun times to get there. Although, when you actually encounter it, the sort of boss fight with it where you have to run away from it, that wasn't that much fun. Um, but the, the mission leading up to it with all the actual gameplay, with all the sneaking and stuff, was pretty cool. There's some nice new areas. I had to go to Afghanistan's central base camp, which was a huge sprawling base and stuff with airfield and everything. So that was kind of cool to sneak across. Um, and also they introduced the D-Walkers there. So, um, and um, I've also un- I finally unlocked D-Dog. Um, hey. so I haven't really used him much yet, but he seems quite cool. Although it's a bit unnerving having a dog like right behind you while you're like lying in the grass trying not to be spotted. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm sure, can the dog actually be spotted? Yeah, it sort of can. Yeah, um, but it sort of distracts enemies. They don't think it's an enemy. They just think oh, it's right. a dog. They right. just go, oh look, it's a dog over there. Yeah, so it doesn't raise the alarm. And I think you can actually use it, but you can give it commands to like distract people and stuff. And also, there's, it's there's sort a dog of... over there with an iPad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it spots enemies, but it doesn't tag them. I So that's quite... Um, I didn't realize that that's how it worked, but I guess it makes sense. So it tells you where they are, but then you have to actually look at them with the binoculars to actually right. tag them and have them permanently tagged. Because I think if they go out of the dog's range, then um, they disappear again. But if you tag... Oh, what, so, you can, so, you can, what, so you can still do them the see-through walls thing when they're nearby? Maybe, yeah, when or... they're nearby. I think that's okay. the idea. Yeah. Or not even that. I mean, the range is quite good, I think. But... Um, but they will disappear again. Well, whereas if you tag someone, they'll remain tagged even if you're miles away. Um, okay. So, yeah, I can see D-Dog being useful, definitely. And I'm just about, I think, story-wise, um, about to unlock Quiet for missions because there's been cutscenes about, is it all right if she comes to missions, blah de Um So, but the trouble is I'm a bit annoyed about that because Quiet, when I, when I first saw the whole character design, it's like, this is ludicrous. What the hell is this all about or whatever? Mm-hmm. This is so sexist. Yeah. But then actually as as a character, she sort of is kind of interesting, I guess. And I wouldn't mind having her come on missions and stuff. But the trouble is I'm playing non-lethal and I don't think there's any way to upgrade her to a non-lethal point without her killing people first, you know? No, I think you're right. From so I think... Heard, yeah, yeah. She has to get to that point. Yeah. So I think I basically just can't use quiet because I'm trying not to kill people, um, which is kind of a shame, but maybe I'll do another run through some other time. I think I'll stick with D-Dog or... The horse Super is actually dog. really can useful. Can you fault in your buddy? Uh, I think you can. <laughs> the dog. You, it, yeah. get, it gets... Uh, Fultoned at the end of the mission, so you uh, like the, oh, right. the, the. So when you're using the horse, you get off the horse, get on the helicopter, and then as you're taking off, you hear your horse being Fultoned and like whinnying into the air, <laughs> which is always hilarious. Yeah, because that's how you originally get the dog—is you find it and you Fulton it, like when it's a puppy. Hmm. Um, yeah, you can Fulton most things. I need to upgrade. I'm. I feel like. I've been doing a lot of side arts, but maybe I'm not faulting enough good people because my research isn't good enough or whatever to unlock. Because I want to be able to unlock the ability to fault and bigger stuff and stuff like that. And I haven't got right. enough research. But the thing is, I, what I want is like, you need to, up, I think I said this last time, but you need to upgrade your binoculars to be able to see whether people have higher skills. Yeah. Like my binoculars only tell you up to a C level at this point, but I can't unlock the next level of that without more research. 
skills. So I sort of anyone I see with a C grade in research, I'm trying to Fulton, but I don't know. Just Fulton everyone. Yeah, the thing is, like, I tend to just knock people out and leave them because they they will spot the balloons if they're near a base or or if you're in the middle of the base and you Fulton someone. It's a little bit risky because sometimes they'll come over and investigate that. If you can only see C grades, does that does that mean? no other higher ones exist or could you just fault in someone and have them randomly be better when you get yeah. back to base and find out yeah I think oh, yeah, it's it. like it's like a top level that the <laughs> sensor can detect anything above that it's like it could ha- it could be above but you just can't see yeah because like there are actual side ops which are like extract the highly skilled soldier and so that will mark a guy as the highly skilled one and you go in and fault in him but your binoculars will only tell you up to a C level but of course once you've got him he's like an A plus or something in combat wouldn't that just logically mean you fault in everyone that your binoculars can't see the skills of? Because they're bound to be higher than C then. No, it, it tells you C, even though it's it will, really it A. Will. Yeah. Yeah. It's like imagine it's like you're 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 you have a car that can go up to fifty. That like the speedo only goes up to fifty, but its actual top speed is eighty five. Yeah. It's pretty I don't know why I picked those numbers, but you know, it's like the speedo would go up to fifty and sort of stop. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully that will all be ameliorated soon because I'll have the upgraded shit. I tried, I unlocked the Riot SMG, but I'm just sticking with the pistol, actually, to be honest. It's, pr- it's pretty nice, the Trank pistol. Okay. Um, that was how I tried to play Ground Zeroes. Yeah. It was like, I mean, that's a bit just standard. Just everything. Yeah, it's nice to be, have to have a bit of variety and try and do some crazy stuff. I mean, I, I tend to go for CQC as much as I can, but um, they do get up from that even quicker than the Trank pistol. So yeah. um, it can be annoying. Um, you just need to kind of make sure you've moved on by that point. Because um, like, if you pile them all up in a room, then when they wake up, one of them wakes up, they all wake each other up, obviously, and be like, what the hell's but going then, on? But then, you need, the alarm. but then you need to figure out how to lock the room. Yeah, that would be good if you could actually... Like, they'd probably radio in still, I guess, but, like, you should steal their radios. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Variety of ways to solve this problem. Yeah. Put them all in a room, steal their radios, and lock the door. I mean, you should be able to, like, um, gaffer tape them and, and tie them up basically shouldn't you yeah. think about it perhaps if, you, perhaps if that was material you could find in the level or something so you've got gaffer tape oh sweet yeah that would be cool because uh, you've got a couple of boxes so yeah um, naturally you could use the gaffer tape to repair your box <laughs> so yeah I'm getting there I, um, I'll let you know what the new stuff oh, oh and I'm going to Africa now so on the next mission so I've got to the next okay. area so you haven't two. hit any of the FOB craziness yet? Uh, no, I I think that's all optional as well. But no, I haven't. Um, well, it into... sort of is. It's it's sort of optional, but you kind of need that stuff if you want to unlock the like highest. Yeah, gear you probably or do. Something. Yeah, but I'm not all even the craziest gear on the medium tier of gear at all yet. So I haven't got as far as that FOB stuff. But I'll see how that goes. And you, there's a lot of kind of information in the game about how you can equip your guys with stuff to help in those FOB scenarios and stuff. Yeah. Mm. I haven't done any online stuff with it really yet. Yeah. I shall see. see how that, or what you think of it after supposedly it's already been sort of Konami'd. Like, oh, already, wow. like, it's been made worse as it's, as it's been yeah. in existence. But the game itself is great, so hopefully that won't affect it too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, so that's Metal Gear. Um, I also carried, well... I I started again with with Wipeout Pulse on that hey. emulator, so that's quite fun. Um, 
we did I, in the end manage to get Burnout Three to run. By the way, oh sort yeah, of, sort of. It's a, it's not perfect. Do you do a um, video? You should do one. <laughs> yeah, we haven't. Uh, I did manage to get it running better after since since the last time Zach saw it. But yeah, you can you can get it running pretty good. You have to do some tricks, right? To, to get certain things to work like that. and it certain effects like the blur are a bit extreme, right? They always um, were though on the PS2 version. I think the Xbox version just had nicer. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, processing maybe, maybe, maybe on it because I remember the sparks being huge on the PS2 version. Yeah, compared to the Xbox version. version, they are kind yeah. of massive. <laughs> yeah, so they had because they couldn't put as many of them in there, so they made them bigger. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so there's that, and also when I wasn't feeling well, because I I've been playing through Grim Fandango Remastered, so. Yeah. Oh, cool. I, I recently picked that up in a humble bundle, so I, I, I was sort of contemplating well, doing it, that. It's an absolute classic. Because I, I, I never did get past disc two on the right. original. Well, year two's the best part, to be honest. So I did that the other day. So I'm, not, I'm now at year three. But year two is just so good. Um, but um, I will probably carry on with that. And, well, I probably can't remember the puzzles as well for after year two. So I'll see mm. if I, I might actually get stuck. Um, uh, but yeah, and it's really not, it looks, looks good. Um, you know, obviously all the backgrounds and stuff, they just didn't have higher quality assets even then. So yeah. they just are the way they are, but they look, it all looks pretty good. Uh, there's some bugs in it still that were, that I remember from the original game. It's quite funny. Um, uh, and, um, and the, and the weird thing about the director's commentary, I've put that on and that's really good to have. Uh, but a lot of times, unlike, like the Half-Life director's commentary, sometimes you'll go into a room or something and there'll be a little icon for the director's commentary and you hit it and they're talking about the game in general rather than like that specific room. But sometimes oh, they yeah. are talking about the room. So sometimes it's like location-based or story-based, like where you are in the story or what, what, what assets you're looking at or whatever. But sometimes yeah. it's just general random stuff, which is interesting, but it's, it's like it's not connected to where you are. I suppose it's difficult in a way sometimes. Yeah. Like if you have all this generalist discussion, like what exactly to do with it in the way that you've implemented that style of commentary, I guess. There's actually a lot more than I expected about the kind of programming and the tools and the, the technical side of it than I thought. I thought it would all be comments about the story and the characters and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and the, well, That's kind of neat. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting to hear. Do any of the commentaries give away puzzles? Like, no. oh yeah, it's interesting when we fought this thing. We thought, oh man, that would be a bit too soon. Well, <laughs> no, don't. I wouldn't say they give them away. Sort of. There's, there's one I can think of where he talks about the exact puzzle you're engaging in, and I suppose it could give it away, but not really, do they? Yeah, I suppose there's potential for that. I mean, on by default, yeah. the com- director's commentary is off, so. Mm. Yeah, so I was contemplating giving that a go. Yeah, give it a try. I, as I say, it's a it's a classic, and I love it. But I never got past. As I say, I didn't actually see the majority of that game. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to year two, right? Where you're running the casino place, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's cool. I mean that 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 puzzle in year two with the ticket stub is still annoying because that ticket stub printing machine just doesn't have the the parts of it labelled, which is really annoying. So like you have to enter a day, which is in the middle, and two numbers, which are either side. But it doesn't tell you on the thing that I can see 
So even when you know the right numbers to put in, I keep kept putting them in the wrong way around. And I remember doing that from the original game. It's really uh-huh. annoying. Anyway, never mind. Not some clue somewhere that tells you which way around they're supposed to be that we're just not seeing or well, you get you've got the clues as to you need this number corresponds to the race and this number corresponds to the week. So you find out which those numbers are. But then when you're trying to print the ticket from the fake stub printing forgery machine, it doesn't label week and race. Yeah, I get it. It's just get ones it. on the left and ones on the right. And, and maybe I'm just reading it wrong, but or it's somewhere on well, the maybe there's a, there's a, Or Maybe there's a ticket you can look at somewhere else that you can see it. Or... Yeah, maybe. So what, what you really That'd be the easiest way to solve that problem. It's like, oh, well, let me see the ticket I'm trying to forge. Yeah, well, <laughs> what happens is you make, a, you make a ticket and then you look at the ticket in your hand and it says week five, race 12 or whatever. And then oh, okay. and well, then you not... make a new ticket and try and remember well, which so way around you put it. Yeah, it's all right, yeah. but it's just annoying. Anyway, <coughs> that's like a 17-year-old annoyance. 17 years, Jesus. Is that right? Yeah. That's yeah, an old yeah, game. It? It was, it was 98. The year of games, wasn't it? The year of games, yeah. Metal Gear Solid 1, 98. Yep. Year of games. Yeah, year of games. What came out? So, year of... Grim Fandango, well, yeah. Half-Life. Um, Half-Life, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, Ocarina of Time. Metal Gear Solid. Uh, yeah. Just tons of good stuff. How are we feeling about 2016 as a year of games? Right no now? idea. What? What's more even stuff, more coming? stuff might come out than in 2015 somehow? Even though oh. a lot of that stuff was meant to come out this year. <laughs> That's actually what I meant. Sorry, it's 2015. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, this year. Yeah. Um. Well, it's had Metal Gear. <laughs> it's had Metal Gear. It's had Splatoon. It's had Halo. Yeah. It's had, had Witcher Three. If any, if any of us actually played it, yeah. Witcher Three. Yeah. yeah. Fallout's about to come. Yep. Yeah, could be a good one. next week. Mario yeah. Maker. Mario Maker, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good year. Yeah, not, not a bad one. Not that great. No, 2016 but... looks like to be a good year. I'll be playing Fallout 4 next week when it arrives. Right. Weirdly, weirdly, I ended up ordering a physical version from Amazon because it was cheaper than on Steam. No, that right. happens quite a lot, actually. Yeah. Right. So it, we'll get to hear was, about that. It was weird because it was weird because like it doesn't even have a pre-release discount like a lot of stuff does on Steam. So it's just full price pre-order on Steam at the moment for Fallout Four, <coughs> right? And I was like, well, I went and looked at Amazon. I was like, oh, I could just get it here for five quid cheaper, which makes it like thirty-five quid, so like normal game price, or what I still consider normal game price, even though that's not true any longer. But then while I was there, I went and looked at Just Cause Three as well, and I was like. Holy shit, this is under 30 quid. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. It's actually only like 30 quid on Steam as well, but it's like less than 30 quid at Amazon. Hey, that so could factor like, into well, this Well, I guess I'll pre-order well. that as well. It just got through. Anyway, I Sorry, think... Quick. How are we doing on this cast? Because I think... Yeah, we can wrap it up. Yeah, we can wrap cool. it up. Okay. Up, yeah. Well, catch us next time for uh, Fallout 4. Um, maybe more Halo multiplayer views. in these two weeks? Ten. Oh, wow. oh shit! Close. Yeah, I might not be around that <laughs> that time because I might be in Africa. So we might have to think of something.
guys. Wait, but actually in Africa. I thought yeah. you were going to Africa. I thought you meant in Metal Gear. Well, that as well. <laughs> that as well. But no, I'm going to um, Marrakesh. So uh, for oh, that really? Week. Oh, so, awesome. Yeah. So you, yeah, it might be a, might be a tired cast, but uh, <laughs> look forward to that, guys. Well, and, maybe uh, we'll have to get the Kippers in to give his opinions on Call of Duty, so we can <laughs> yeah, in theory yeah, talk about that in the end of year stuff, so uh, I don't have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so look forward to that next time. Check out the uh, video channel as always on uh, YouTube. Uh, yeah, the the part seven of Sonic Adventure just went up. Oh yeah, um, Prison Architect will go up end of the week. And uh, we'll catch you next time. So, Indeed. bye, listeners. Bye. 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 Bye.